It's Griffin's here, and it's Friday, so Stan the Fan Charles is back in the studio with us, Chief Grand Poobah at Pressbox. Good to see you, sir. I wasn't here last Friday, correct? Or was I? No, you were. Yeah, you were here. We did our uh, first half some yeah, last that Friday. Yeah, we did. happen yes. last Friday. That is the thing that occurred. So, I don't it know. It was a great show. I, it was probably the best one we've yeah. ever done. Probably just a magical show. Uh, good were to see you. Were things moving around last Friday? I, I don't I don't know what was going yeah, on. Oh, no, no. That was, no well, nothing happened today. Okay. Yeah, you just All made right. that up in your mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you won't be able to see Griffin today because reasons. We don't know what those reasons are. Well, it's sort. It's almost like a semi-permanent suspension. Oh, we can He's only just off we camera. Can, can only wish. Yeah, can only wish. It's been a been a bit of a rough week around here. Been a bit of a, a technical. Uh, uh, a little bit of everything. Little bit of everything. Well, I'm here. It's on. okay. Uncle stands here. I, I think what we learned is we can never take two days off again. I think that's what we learned is that it will never happen again. Uh, and so. I don't know. Everything goes to hell. You take two days off, and the entire when's, production when's falls the four, apart. When's the fourth next year? I would assume it's on a Wednesday, so right. it would work out. Like we would only take off that day. Right. It's just a very difficult thing coming in for one day and then being off again. It's a right. very difficult oh, thing to do mentally. It's yes. yeah. It just seems like it should be a break. Exactly yeah. right. So, gotcha. but I regret it because everything has gone to hell in the time since then. Everything to hear in that. the world has gone to hell. It's sorry to hear it's that. Okay. Including, apparently, we can't get guests on the show anymore. Although today, we do have Russell Dorsey from uh, Apple and Stadium, among other places. Longtime uh, NFL, or not NFL, M- MLB reporter. We'll check in before the Orioles are on Apple tonight. Against At 8-10. The At yes, 8-10. To open up that series. And uh, tell me about our other guest, Dan. Dan Zielinski. Had him on about three or four years ago. I was looking, sort of had my eyes open, was reading some stuff. What is his... Uh, is his thing has a his website baseball prospect, prospect journal journal right okay yep yeah he's really on top of things uh very nice kid uh and on top of things really knows his stuff obviously so, so i thought we could sort of ask him a little bit about some of the top guys in this draft ask him who the orioles could be targeting at 17 been a long time since they haven't had like a very high pick uh which generally is a good sign that you start to move like next year couldn't you see the orioles ending up like at 25 they're, they're on track yeah, for that at yeah. the moment we'll see if that continues yeah last yeah. night certainly uh eases the fears that some people had about where this was going yeah um that in mind stan i i I, two days ago, somebody would say, well, you were a sky-is-falling guy. I wasn't a sky-is-falling guy. I feel the same way today that I felt two days ago. What they've gotten over the course of the last two days, one, was some offense, which they weren't getting a whole lot of before that. But more importantly, I told you then I always thought the offense would be okay. I thought that Cedric Mullins was going to get back to being Cedric Mullins. Well, Mount Castle would be back to being Mount well, Castle. We'll see about that. Um, you know, I, I thought the offense would get better. The concern, of course, is the other side of things, and... Kyle Bradish has not been the guy to be concerned about. Like, as I said a week ago, he's been this team's completely unsung hero. Mm-hmm. I I would argue he's been I, – I get it. There are numbers that would say Tyler Wells has been their best pitcher, but the number of home runs he's given up, the fear of the innings thing, he's been, to me, the most reliable guy the Orioles have had to count on exactly what he's going to give you every fifth day. So, And, and I'd say that 
Kramer has been close to that. Not, I wouldn't say he's been close. I think he's been second. Right. Well, no, not second. Wells Tyler, Tyler probably, Wells is probably definitely been, more. Probably I think, even first. I think Kramer's been more a part of the solution than he's been a part, part of, of the problem. But he's been a it. good part of the problem at yeah. times, yeah. too. Um, so I'm not ready to... But, yes, you, you have thought that Kramer was capable of that. So... The last two days, those two dudes stepped up and gave you exactly what the team needed. Obviously, it was much easier last night for Bradish yeah. because he had a, a 9 nothing lead before he could blink. Yeah. Um, but that, beyond that, what you're going to get now from Kyle Gibson at this point is, has become one of the more disappointing turns of the season. And then the fifth spot, which is an utter crapshoot, they're going to throw, uh, you know, throw Cole Irvin again tonight and then... I think we'll kind of see from there. They survived him not being good on Sunday. He, you know, thanks to some miraculous defense, only gave up one run despite allowing nine base runners in five innings. They had a chance to win. If you had a bunch of other really good starters, you could probably even live with that from your fifth starter. But when everything's as shaky as it is, that's probably not quite good enough for him to continue to get the opportunity to go out there. And then it's compounded by Grayson Rodriguez looking really good in his last start out so we'll see what the strategy is there well i i think that cole is gonna arrive tonight i think he's i know you're you're a believer i'm a uh, a believer in cole irvin um if you ask me right now obviously the starting rotation it's not on par it's not on par with what the tampa bay rays had at the beginning of the year but now Glasnow pitched a horrible game last week mm-hmm. against um, – who was that against? Was that against – It was against somebody uh, – no, because he didn't start in the Philly series. He was – No, it was before that. Yeah. Anyway, he had an absolutely terrible start, akin to like a Severino start last night, okay? But if you ask me what the Orioles' biggest need on that pitching staff is now, long-term – it's getting an ace pitcher. Okay? It was the Mariners, by the way. It was the Mariners, right. He, I mean, he got yep. really pummeled he's, he's by that. He still struck out 11 in that one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah he but he got pummeled. Seven hits. Uh, so it wasn't as Severino bad, but it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've lost Jeffrey Springs. Mm-hmm. They've lost uh, Drew Rasmussen. So their rotation is not looking fantastic right now. Ours is looking like it can get by and it's got the upside – of Mr. Rodriguez, but I'm telling you dollars to donuts right now. What this team needs is a really strong relief pitcher added to the mix. And, and I will put this out there. Obviously, Grayson Rodriguez is a long-term starting piece. I'm just telling you in the old days, Mike Flanagan, Dennis Martinez, Mm -hmm. Storm Davis, all the up-and-coming Oriole pitchers, and by that short list, there weren't many of them back then, but Mm -hmm. they all, Sammy Mm -hmm. Stewart, they were all guys that were used in long relief. Sure. And you don't hear that term that much anymore. You hear high leverage, you hear opener, you don't hear long, long. Well, long relief is essentially your B bullpen now. It's it's essentially it's, the yeah, guy that you a, don't want to have to put in, and you don't put in mm-hmm. in in games you're ahead, mm-hmm. you know. But you suddenly, for this season only, you suddenly and also keep in mind, 
you are attempting to watch the innings on Grayson Rodriguez, okay? Yep. And he's used a lot more of those bullets up at AAA than we had reason to believe he would coming into the season. Um, you suddenly put him as a weapon two times a week into games in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, and then you add me somebody equivalent, and trust me, there are guys out there, I don't have the list today, I can have it next Friday, but you make a trade for somebody that's akin to Araldus Chapman Mm -hmm. and add him to the mix in front of, or I mean actually at a more leveraged situation than Cano. Cano looks like he's come back to earth and then some. Okay, I'm not. It's not like a panic that he's horrible. Well, I, look, he's, he's been shaky as hell, and yet he's still probably your second most reliable. Reliever. Right, and that's my point. Yes. Is you get somebody like, and I did not want Chapman. Mm-hmm. I don't like the baggage that Chapman no, brings. But you bring me somebody that's really good, and you saw the package that Kansas City got for Chapman mm-hmm. on a one-year deal. That that's what we need. We need somebody to bridge that gap from now. Coulomb and Cano to Bautista. You need somebody there, and I would be using, I'm telling you, I would be using Grayson Rodriguez much more so, as like the fifth inning to the seventh I, inning. And I'm not, like, I've talked about this with Grayson for a little while now, and I know your focus is the development with Grayson Rodriguez. Right. Mine has been, you, you're, the guys you have just aren't good enough. You have to have, you have to cut these innings some sort of way. So right. I've never been opposed to Grayson Rodriguez being a guy that gets thrown into the bullpen at all. Like, you've, you've got to get through all of these innings somehow, some way. The guys that are, are giving them to you aren't, aren't good enough to do it. On the flip side of that, however, is the – we have to go back. You are bullish about Cole Irvin, and I understand that. Cole Irvin has not been – I wouldn't call myself bullish. I just don't think – I've watched the guy for two years. Granted, it was pitching home games in Oakland. Right. But, and granted, it was pitching on a team that was – pretty horse crap so there's there's a different type of pressure sure that Cole Irvin is facing pitching tonight mm-hmm. and and frankly has faced every game for the Orioles since he got sent to the minors he now is he's jittery when he goes out to the mound there's a I microscope think, on him for I sure. think he's going to elevate his game tonight I hope you're right about yeah. that it would be great I, news I wouldn't for say the that Orioles. I'm bullish that he's going to win nine games the rest Well, I'm not trying to say that, but I'm saying you're you're bullish that he's part of the solution. Yeah. And I, there, nothing that we've actually seen has yet to suggest I, I that's true. And I'm that. not, this isn't me making fun of you. It's I, that I understand, I understand your opinion is yeah. that, and I don't, I respect that. From, for me, it's a, he has to be pitching for his job every time at this point, because the point about Grayson has to involve there being a better option to be the fifth starter in order for him to be able to come out of the bullpen. And to this point, Cole Irvin has not been that guy. But, you know, if he goes out and, you know, has a dynamite start tonight, then he's going to earn himself another start coming out of the break. And if he can put three or four of them together, then he'll be comfortably in the rotation again. Look, Dean Kramer was pitching for his job yeah. a couple months ago in Atlanta and has been just fine. He was down. I mean, to- because of Gibson's stature as the veteran, mm-hmm. we're not talking about him pitching for his life each time out. No, and and he did a little bit more. He's There's definitely no question. Done his more. body of work. Yes. his body of work. While he's for been the disastrous of late, 
you know, he had a better stretch of starts before yeah. that than anything that we had seen. But Irvin. I wouldn't refer to his start at Yankee Stadium as disastrous. You know, it had a couple missteps. You know, uh, it certainly wasn't as bad as the start before that. There's no question about that. That one, that one, absolutely qualifies yeah, as that disastrous. Was a stinker. That was a stinker. Um, the other kind of issue that stands in front of the Orioles at the moment is the Ryan Mountcastle thing, as you alluded to a second ago. And it's this weekend. I was trying to do the math on the date that they would have to make a decision by. It sort of depends on whether or not, because they they said he was on rehab starting on the 20th, so it just depends on whether they count the 20th or the 21st as the day that the rehab assignment actually starts in order to get the 20 days, because if it... And we've decided, I mean, we've figured it out. It's 20 days, right? 20 days for non-pitchers. 20 days that a non-pitcher can be left down there. So this is the tricky part because there is a big difference, obviously. If they can just get this through Sunday. Can can Mountcastle catch? I don't think that he can catch, but, boy, it might not have been a bad idea to (laughs) – Although, all of a sudden, McCann's getting hits last night. Everybody was getting hits last night. That yeah. was a wild, wild night. So, the first Boy, game. that home run that Gunner hit with the second one. Yeah. It was, was just absolutely gorgeous. It was a, it was a bomb, no yeah. question. The first game he played with Norfolk was the 21st. So, that would make it 20 days on the 10th, which would be great news for the Orioles because that would be Monday. <laughs> And it would get you through this weekend, right? Now, I don't. I still think it. I don't. I don't know how the All Star break affects these things, and they would have to. I would think that they still have to put you on the. That they can't. The answer can't be they don't put you on the roster. They would still have to make a roster move, even though they have no games to play until Friday. But they could choose to option them. They could still choose to option them. Right. That's part. of But again, that feels dramatic. That feels that that these are all on the table. Optioning is is on the table. However, of course, Ryan Mountcastle has started to hit. At Norfolk, he started to turn things around a little bit. He had uh, what's home. his average now? It was two fifty two days ago. It, it's uh, which was significantly up from like one hundred three. It or is. Something. It is now. Uh, it's two twenty four. So I don't know what happened okay. there. Hang All on right. a second. I'll tell you in a second. All right. uh, last night he went. And last night he went one for four. Okay. That doesn't really right. make any he sense. He got one home run. Yeah, he's one home run. How many RBIs? Four. And what's the on base percentage? It is two, two, two eighty three. Thank you. Two eighty three. And what's the OPS? Five five eighty nine. Yeah, that sounds op- very well, optionable again, to me. But but part of that, of course, is that he didn't have a hit for the first like ten days. Yeah, but you, know? you don't take that off his I record. I understand that okay. it still goes on your permanent record. I'm not yeah. suggesting that it doesn't. But I look. I'm not. I look. You know. I, I think everybody in Baltimore that listens or mm-hmm. reads me mm-hmm. knows how i feel about him but i am not burying him what i want to see out of him first of all they've made it clear brandon hyde's made it clear we're not looking so much at the result once you hear that qualifier that gives him some leeway okay sure but it, we're not really looking at the results it's more the quality of the at-bats mm-hmm. well i can tell you that the quality of the bats is not very good with an on-base percentage of triple a of 269 or whatever it was, 270. Um, I I think he he is very much optionable. Start to go over with me who you would oh, remove this is, from this, this is roster. The conversation that we're having. This would be this it, would start to be Mateo gets 
DFA right. or all, all of a sudden when Fraser thought maybe he was playing for his job, he starts coming right. to life. And, and he's shown himself also the versatility. Didn't he look a little better in left field than Isaiah Kiner Kalefa? Well, I mean, that, if that's the bar, yes, no a, question. That was a disastrous yes. performance. And I could tell it was a disaster on Henderson's home run. The way he was tracking that home run on the first mm-hmm. at bat, mm-hmm. he he looked like he thought, "Well, I got it, I got it," and it was like ten roses. But I don't. Again, unless and there's two there's twofold here. Unless Aaron Hicks is going to be out, there's not going to be a ton of at bats for for Frazier to be had in the outfield. Right. But what he's done at the plate this week has been a guy that looks like he right. knew that he was in a little bit of jeopardy and yeah. Came to life and said, I, I get it. I'm not getting the job done defensively. I've got to be more productive offensively in order to justify why it is that I'm here if he wants to stay here. Um, the Hicks thing becomes the first question, right? If Hicks is legitimately hurt, right. then this is going to be easy. They're going to bring Mountcastle up to take his spot, and that's right. the way that it'll go. But if he's not, to your point, yes, it, something here is dramatic. Now, they could, if they wanted to do it this weekend, just send Bizarro back down for the weekend but they'd have to deal with that. They're not going to carry one less pitcher coming out of the All-Star break. I would agree with you. They're going to have to get that back. So they would only be doing that to get through the weekend, knowing that in a pinch Mm -hmm. they could probably get an inning on Sunday out of Dean Kramer. And then they could bring Chris Valamon up. Uh, No, he's unfortunately (laughs) Lord Valamon. He's a guardian. (laughs) Boy, it was – well, always have the memories of the (laughs) one inning that you came in and mop up duty. Uh, um, He got the pleasure. He gets to say forever he was a major – a Baltimore Oriole. Yep. It happened, but uh, no, never again, probably. Uh, but, yeah, the, the option would be if you felt inclined to do it this weekend to send Bizardo down and, yep. you know, you didn't have to use any of your real relievers last night, so you're not really worried about, you know, those guys for tonight. As I, I would just rather Mountcastle be brought up. It's almost – I know it's not the same as R- Rodriguez. You want to bring somebody up who's not struggling at the minor league level. You want them to to kind of knock the door down and say, hey, I'm a major league player. Grayson Rodriguez has gone down and done that. Ryan Mountcastle, although trying to overcome some mental stress plus the physical stress of dealing with vertigo, but do you get a clear picture of exactly – when he had vertigo no, we and when he hasn't. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. Uh, in For the record, in July, so when this is over six games, Mountcastle's hitting 308. Okay. Um, slugging 462. Okay. Like uh, for, for Norfolk. For Norfolk. Okay. So their argument might be, well, yes, of late, he is doing that. And they would also say, and this is a rehab assignment. It's not the same as a, right. a minor league player. But I get your point. And given the entire the roster crunch question becomes if Aaron Hicks isn't really hurt, if he's only out for a couple days. The other complicating factor here is the the Austin Hayes thing, which he says he's gonna play this weekend. I have been the thing they can't talk about, but I have been questioning this week is did they know he might not be available this week, but wanted to do him the solid of not putting him on the IL so he would have to miss his first career all star right. appearance. Right. And that becomes complicated, too, because now if Hicks is going to be out, you're you're really living dangerously if Hicks is going to be out for another couple of days but right. doesn't have to go on IL. 
having two roster spots being wasted by guys that can't help you at the right, moment. Right. And that becomes a further and complication. And they did that the other night when Westberg and Hayes were unavailable right, and there was a, a situation screaming yep. for a right-handed hitter. So that's a tough spot for them to be in, yep. too. Hopefully Hayes really is available again this weekend, and yep. that's not a problem. And if Hicks is going to miss real time, then the they don't have the same problem with Hicks. We're like, if Hicks definitely can't play this weekend, they could essentially say, dude, we're putting you on the IL because 10 days, you're going to miss like two games, right? right? Like, we're talking about you being available. If they can go retroactive to Mm -hmm. yesterday, he would be available again by next weekend. Right. So, you know, that would be the the option at that point. If Hicks is going to miss the rest of this weekend, presumably they just go ahead and put him on the IL and go from there because they don't have any games to play until again next Friday. But these still present, pro- even if that's what you do in order to get Mount Castle up, you're going to have a problem again next weekend when Hicks is ready to return and somebody's got to right. go. Right. So are you bringing. It's very interesting then, you know. I mean, what I've suggested is that the short, the um, bullpen late innings is a very much a need in, on this ball club. You can't try and win a division with wondering which Brian Baker you're going to mm-hmm. get, which CNL Perez you're going to get, you know, you just have which Michael Bauman you're going to get. That's just not good enough to win the division. I, I don't disagree with and you. And the division is within reach now. It really is. Well, but I don't I mean Tampa. Sure, they're two games back five, in the loss right, column at right, the moment. Right. Yeah. Like 100%. But, you know, Eduardo Bizardo is not making that difference either. It's going to be a great name in Orioles history. I, somebody's going to bring that up to me in 10 years and say, Eduardo, Eduardo Bizardo. Bizardo. I'm yeah. going to say, that's not a real thing. Yeah. You're making that up. They're going to that, say, be not good, that would be a good bobblehead. The Eduardo yeah, Bizardo. Bizarro. The Bizardo <laughs> head explodes. Right? Something. something along those lines. Um, look, I, I, we, we'll see. Again, the other, as I said, the option would be to bring Bizardo down and get Mountcastle here this weekend. But to your point... It does seem like the most logical thing at the moment is to say, dude, sorry, we're going to option you until like, you do this for another two weeks and you look like you're fully right, and then we'll go from there yeah. because we have, the, we have the, no pun intended, option to do that, and at the moment we think it's the best thing. Oh, O'Hearn looked a little shaky for a minute. Now he's heated up again, right? right? Like right. Everybody that was looking shaky, with the exception of Mateo, and Mateo is they the... They got to face Luis Severino. It helps. It, you, everybody can get healthy when they face Luis Severino. And the argument for Mateo still comes back to the, are you willing to keep someone on your roster to only be a late-inning defenseman, defensive replacement and pinch runner? Mm-hmm. And that's not been something that the Orioles have liked to do in the Brandon Hyde era. They've it's not something they say publicly, but I've compared it to the way the Ravens, when they acquired Yannick Ngakwe, everybody said, well, this is great. They're finally just going to let somebody be a third down and pass rusher and not try to force somebody who's not a complete player to be a complete player, and they didn't do it, and Yannick Ngakwe didn't work here yeah. because he's not that guy. Yeah. The Ravens say if you're going to be an edge rusher on this team, you're going to have to play. You, you've got to. We're not putting guys on the field to just be third down edge rushers. We don't do that. The Orioles, for the most part, haven't done that. Maybe Ryan McKenna started to show that they're more willing to consider guys in in specialist roles that are on the roster, but I think that's the eternal Mateo. Because if the answer on Mateo is if he's going to be here, he's going to have to play, then I'm more inclined to say then he does then he shouldn't be. Shouldn't be here. Yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm. 
pretty close to at that point right now. Yeah, but I don't. I mind. mean, there's no, there's no question that he is a superior shortstop to anybody else on this roster right now. Yeah, on the roster right yeah. now, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, part of it, by the way, is just calming down a little bit. That throw that Gunnar Henderson unfortunately hit Pete Stendo, mm-hmm. the cameraman, mm-hmm. with was just a dumb, dumb. The, the play was running behind. He yeah, was trying I mean, to force Frazier something. bobbled the ball, yes. which made the double play unmakeable. Yes. you just have to. Discretion is the better part of valor. Agreed. And I think Gunner. And I talked about this with Luke. I said, boy, these plays he makes are, like, really dumb. And he goes, trust me, he is not dumb, because Luke did the article last mm-hmm. year on him, mm-hmm. and um, he's a he's a, just a highly competitive he's a, player. It's a crime of aggression, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and a lot of times people say, well, we'll live with crimes. And certainly he was not attempting to, you know, what happened on that throw is, is awful, but, yeah. you know, it – I don't think in your mind you can be considering that as you attempt no, to make I just, a play. I, I just mean that Mateo's not making that throw. Yeah, he's, he's either more inclined he's to, either just chewing it, or, or maybe he makes the play he, a little. Where he realizes I'm not going to get the guy out, but I'll yeah. throw it over anyway. Maybe if the guy falls down, you know, we get an out. Or out of maybe it. his athleticism, and this is not saying that Gunnar Henderson isn't a great athlete. Maybe his ability to move a little faster. Just the play gets made, and all of a sudden you got a bang bang double play. Maybe, but it maybe. was a. I mean, the play was Frazier's fault. You know. Oh no! It all yeah. starts there, right? It yeah. should have been a double play. It all yeah. starts with the balls bobbled, and everything's yeah. behind now, and it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that the other complicating factor in all of this is all that Joey Ortiz continues to do is not just play the south, the the high level shortstop that we all believed he was going to right. be. But he's produced more than any other prospect that's come through AAA yeah. for the Orioles. He yeah. is, he's been a better hitter than not only we could have ever expected, but better hitter than the guys that we've thought of more highly than him. Yeah. And at some point, I get it. Everybody assumes that he's going to be in a trade. And I, I get yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, there's only so many guys you can trade from. But at some point, the, what are you doing? Like, what? why are you leaving someone just to sort of toil away at AAA when there is nothing that absolutely zero left for somebody to prove at AAA? And that's, I think, the more complicated Mateo question is why would you continue to put the guy on the roster at all if you have somebody that's clearly a better alternative? And it would only come down to to the point if you want to But my point is you look at the return that Kansas City got for Mm -hmm. Araldus Chapman, and and granted, again, it's three months of Chapman, July, August, September, then Chapman uh, looks like he'll make big bucks again for for like a Mm two-year $20 million range or $18 million range. And Texas may very well be willing to spend in that regard. But what could the Orioles get late-inning reliever for Mateo, you know, Mateo and something or Mateo, right uh, even up. That return that Kansas City got is a pittance of value. Cole Raggins and some 17-year-old kid who's a flip I, of a coin. I you just know. get the sense that teams would rather have the 17-year-old kid than Jorge Mateo at this point. Like I just Depends upon the team, you know. Yeah, yeah, it depends upon the team and it depends upon what it is. I mean, like it. If you're trying to get Joe Kelly, who's been 
awful. I don't know why you'd be trying to get Joe Kelly at this right. point, but let's just throw him in there. You know, maybe, like maybe Chicago in their mind thinks that he could be a helpful piece and they're not really ready to rip this whole thing up. And I, I, Yeah, I, I have to do a little research yeah. on who the, who the right names are, but yeah. it could be coming. It's, that's, it is extraordinarily tough, and I don't know yeah. that I have the answers. How about Hunter Harvey? Sure, Hunter Harvey is a guy. He's been doing good. He's been doing good. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. Of course he's doing. Yeah. He's doing phenomenally well. He doesn't look like a stick figure anymore. Has he? He looks like weight? a real man. I, I haven't yeah. noticed that. Yeah. Has he put on weight? Yeah. yeah. Hunter Harvey. What's he weighing in at now? I'm trying to figure out if they've got him listed at something. Uh, they've got him listed at two thirty nine. That's. I mean, he was like 185, 190. Yeah, I that think. is a thing. Yeah. For, for whatever it's worth, the baseball like trade calculator it has mm-hmm. Jorge Mateo at a two point nine. Mm-hmm. Joe Kelly's at a one point five. Look, so. I, the problem being, I, do you want Joe Kelly? <laughs> like he's staying. Do we want Keegan Aiken? Do we like want... he's a guy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and if you want to just take a guy, and if they for whatever reason want Jorge Mateo, by all means. But I'm gonna guess the calculator is manipulated still by the fact that he did produce at the beginning of the season for a little while and. I don't know that anybody else is. Uh, Can you give us some that. candidates that are in that two point nine range? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> How do you trade two point nine for? What is Hunter Hart? There Hunter you go. Harvey, Pull up what Hunter Hart is. Eight point three is his rating. He's Not now an eight point three. That is. I mean, he's had. He's pitching yeah. to a sub one whip this year. Yeah. Like I get it. He's been really good. I don't. Hey, 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 hey. What would you be giving up for Hunter Harvey at this point? Would you be giving yeah. up? Like yeah, what, you'd be uh, giving up like Ortiz I mean, or something. Yeah, like that. I would. I, well, I tr- Ortiz, I think, is a twenty score oh, okay. on that calculator. I think he's a legitimate. Right. Um, I don't know what the Orioles is. Beavers an eight. Um, let me see. What, what what's an eight, eight in the Orioles is, system? Yeah. Uh, Norby's a six point two. Boy, they are really down on Connor Norby. Mountcat Mountcastle's an eight. All right, there you go. <laughs> Mountcastle's what? He's an eight. He's an eight. Yes. Okay. Mount Castle for Harvey, straight they up. They live baby. together. We'll throw they the have an apartment right. They're together. Best friends, yeah. exactly right. That they would be a weird giggled. trade. That would be a weird trade. That actually would be a great It'd trade. Be a great story, no doubt. Yeah. No, because the Nationals need. Yeah, they they, they could see that they they, they need they, a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true too. They do need help. Throw Mateo and Mount Castle. All right. Um, there was a story this week at the Athletic about how baseball could. Of course, the All Star break is coming up. How baseball could quote fix All Star festivities. I'm going to run their ideas by you, Stan, and see what you think about this is it. How to fix them? How to fix All Star week? Is, is there something wrong with All Star? It's I part of the. Con- I didn't wake Stan, up today. It's part for... of the conversation okay. we're going to have. It's okay. part of the conversation we're going to have. All right. Go Today's ahead. show. Brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Glenn Clark Radio. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. 
The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels. Your car your energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us. Uh, that's, Paul, that's Paul Valley. That is right? Paul Valley. Who it sounds to me exactly like if you gave the script to Griffin the exact same way he would read that I script. I don't think he would have the same inflection. I think he would. I, th- I think he. You know, I, I only care, say that because we know. gave give uh, yeah. did give Griffin some. You're saying I have more inflection? Oh, okay. No, we had to work on inflection a little bit with Griffin. Yeah. It was no, I like the second second his. thought. I don't care what you. That, that's Griffin. <laughs> All, right. All right, that's Griffin. Uh, you did not have a normal week, show wise. No, you didn't end up doing either show. Correct. Yeah. But you're back 
starting. Oh, on? my back. Your oh your oh, oh your back hurts. Back. Your back hurts. Yeah. You will I'm be going back. on the IL. Yeah, right. You will no, be back, back Monday. On. Monday. All right. With uh, the boys and uh, Gary and I will be back on next Thursday. Excellent. Excellent. Next Thursday we're going to have Bill Stett go on. Uh, Talk I think about the uh, got to get eighty three. Got to get permission from the club, right, to get their employees. So I'm anticipating that won't be a problem. Talk about the do a deep dive into the eighty three season. Refreshing people's memories about the two seven game yep. losing streaks. Yep. You know, we've been uh, having guys on every week all summer as we've done our own kind of fortieth anniversary celebration, and it's funny talking like the guys that were there for seventy nine. Yeah, it's the only thing they talk about about eighty three. Like I'll, I'll bring up like I was talking to Bumber the other day. I'm like, yep. you know, how much of it was kind of knowing you were at the end, and this maybe was your last chance. And he was like, the only thing I thought about was seventy nine. That's all. That's it. All we thought about was that can't be my history. You know, you know what's amazing about that team, and I don't know how much time. What time do you we? Be, you're I, fine. Okay, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, is and that was my first year fully having a show. Mm-hmm. I had a weekend show called All About Baseball on the flagship station uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, Rex Barney had a, a heart situation. I ended up hosting that show about three, four weeks okay. in the Hit and Run Club, the Rex Barney show. And that was a real hoot. I mean, we really did some fun radio back then. But Unlike, I, unlike this. Yeah, I yeah. had forgotten. No, nothing's like this. <laughs> um, I had forgotten just how well the team played. You had this two seven-game losing streaks, mm-hmm. one in May, one in August. You also had four other three-game losing streaks, which seems fairly significant. Mm-hmm. So together, those four three-game losing streaks and the two seven games is 26 losses of your total losses of the season, which was probably like 65, right. so, 63, something So then like think that. about how they had to play in all those other games. That's right. the point, <laughs> is the streaks after the losing streak and in between all those, they were 40 and 5. It's not as sexy as the Tigers starting the season 35 and 5 with mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Rays, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just they played remarkably well when they were on when they were really on. They really played well. Uh, of course, the celebration is the uh, first weekend of August when the Mets are in town. We think that means Buck Showalter will be returning, but that is Well, they're hot. All of a sudden, yes, of a sudden, they started. Won five, I think five in yeah. a row now. So they probably have done enough yeah. to, to make that go away for a little while yeah. until they, you know. Buck's not the problem. There. I don't disagree yeah. with you that Buck's not the problem, but you just never know. Yeah. You never know. The other, the only thing about Buck is you wonder, it's, it's almost like me trying to win a fantasy championship. You've got this, yeah, he really knows how to manage. Mm-hmm. Boy, he's got a great team. There's this little black cloud that just sort of that just drifts over mm-hmm. Buck's head, you know. Or the Mets maybe purposely hired him so the next manager would win the World Series. Exactly, exactly. That's just what Stephen uh, Cohen did. Um, Brittany Giroli and Eno Saris from the Athletic yeah. combined. By the way, I will openly admit, uh, I I was I forgot and my Athletic subscription like re- automatically renewed. Right. And so I'm locked in for a year, but right. then I said. Out of out of solidarity to our friend Dan Connolly, right. I actually said I'm going to cancel my renewal for next year. Okay. But I still get it for the entirety of the year. I can't right. do anything about that. I right. just 
I, I think it's if you bitched and moaned, you could get out of it. I probably could. I probably could. But then I'd be missing out on gold like yeah. this. Brittany and Eno. I like both of them. I want to make yeah. that abundantly clear. The MLB All-Star Game could use more excitement. Here's how we'd add it. Now, the premise you don't seem to care for. No, it's it's an absurd. It's absurd. The All Star Game is what it is. I. It doesn't mean as much as it did fifty years it, ago, and it and it can't would be that. But let let's yeah. let's talk about. I I think they have some interesting. Okay, let me let points. me hear how they're going to fix what some isn't broken. I'm, like for example, the first one in theory. Right. I'll listen to because it will fall in for some of the others. So I'm gonna well, I'll bring I'll lay it out there, and then I'll mention the next couple. The first theory they have eliminate. The National League versus American League format. The, I'll listen. The yeah. second point they make is designate two team captains to pick the teams. I'm out. I'm out. Well, they do that in now the NBA. In, in the NBA. Who cares? Yeah. Who, right. You have nothing to root for. Right. The guys on your team are playing. Like you have nothing right. at all right. to root for right. in that right. scenario. What is the point of watching the game? But the other one they brought up later in this is actually kind of interesting okay. to me. Instead of doing the team captain bit, make it Team USA versus the world. Right. That one is slightly more intriguing to me. It is. It does. It doesn't light my. You know. It. It. I understand where you're coming from. This is you're playing off the Ryder Cup concept, which right. is I don't give a rat's ass about golf, Stan. Like, right. I, I understand. I don't care about golf at all. Bruce Posner but, like when, dies over the Ryder the Ryder Cup. Cup even for me, right. if I happen to turn it on, and it's very rare, but if right. I happen to turn it on, I say, damn, that looks compelling, right? Like, you have the I atmosphere. I want to like this. But, right? But, like, it's not my thing, but right. it looks really cool. Right. That's I the way could, I feel about auto racing. I could see for one night, I don't know if there's any scenario that could get me to care about auto racing. They ran a race. If it was like three laps. They maybe. ran a race in downtown Chicago yeah. on Sunday night, and everybody kept like on Twitter, like, dude, look at these scenes. And I'm like, I, <laughs> Looks like cars on a road. I saw those. I, I saw those scenes. Yeah. Right? I yeah, saw those scenes in Baltimore. In Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. They're still. Everybody's still <laughs> looking for their money. Everybody is. And then there's like 45 minutes. Lost about a billion dollars right. during the course of running that thing. The USA World concept would only work because I could see the players wanting to take ownership remote, like right. slightly, right. slightly having. But wouldn't that wouldn't that take away from the. Uh, the, what's it called? The uh, the World Baseball Classic. The World well, they Baseball only do that every Classic. four years or whatever. So right, but it would take. It still would take. Uh, you well, know, still but have. It's, but many, it's also many, not. Yeah. But that's also jingoistic. Uh, you know, stories. Do we need? But it's one game in a. You know, in a year. <laughs> like I'm I feel not, like I, I don't. It, I don't like that at all. I think Team US versus the World does. It does something for me at least. I think uh, you know. I all think the excitement it, here's, that the WBC here's what it's had. Like, I think it's more interesting. That, like AL versus NL, I understand the argument. It no longer means anything, right? right. Like there's just they tried to force. They 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 ham fisted the. Games. We'll give it, and it was insane that they ever did that, given that it's an exhibition game. They they can't make AL versus NL mean anything any longer. Right. You can't get me to root for. A guy that plays for the Yankees and say I want to root for the American League to win the game. I just don't care. What if they did AL versus NL plus the Yankees? Then yeah, you'd have to put the Red Sox over there too. It'd just yeah, be too much. So. It would be it would be entirely. Let's just do the Orioles much. versus Orioles versus everyone yeah. is what you're saying. That's what the All Star game. They I do that in the MLS, right? Like they bring in like Juventus and they say yeah, Juventus right. versus <laughs> the MLS All Stars. They could try it that way. Uh, ditching or either ditching or adding to the futures game. By doing a rookies versus sophomores 
game. This is something the NBA does. So they just want to do the NBA weekend. I, it does. There are a yeah. lot of there are a lot of Why? similarities. Why? Their point is that there are young budding. Their super point is some editor said uh, we wait, need, wait, wait. I, we hang need on, hang coverage. On. I'm going to listen. The whole I'm, premise of this is wait is, wait wait. I'm going to listen to this argument. Right. 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 Ellie De La Cruz is one of the most exciting players in baseball at the moment. Correct. You're reaching your marquee in-season moment in baseball, mm-hmm. and how is Ellie De La Cruz involved? Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Not, he won't be right. there. Right. The argument that they make, again, as, as, as cockamamie as it sounds, the argument that they make is that there is something missing when exciting potential budding superstars are not involved. And you're not going to have them go back to playing in the Futures game because they'd have to miss their own team's game in order to play in that because they play it on Saturday. They used to play it on Sunday. Now they moved it to Saturday. So you're not, you're never going to have the Reds so say... So it means more. Therefore, you should have your best pitchers pitch more than one inning. Right. They're definitely never right. going to do They're that ne- again. Right. That's exactly. never going to happen. So, but, so what's the... I still say, what's the point of it? I think the point would be, as for a sport, to try to market Ellie De La Cruz. And we're just using Ellie De La Cruz as an example. You could use. That's a good example to make your point. Francisco Alvarez. uh, You could use Gunnar Henderson. You can use a number of young, exciting players that exist in baseball that aren't. Look, Adley Rutschman's a sophomore, but is playing in the All Star game, so he doesn't qualify for this. But there are plenty of guys that are young players that would be good to brand when you have the attention of the common fan. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you're a Seattle Mariners fan and your team weren't, hasn't... Weren't those people, same people in the Futures game last year? They were The Futures game, they have screwed... I, I don't know how to explain how much they've missed on the Futures game. Right. That, that's a problem too, right? That they play the Futures game when your team is playing a baseball right. game. Right. Agreed, agreed. They have another problem with the Futures right. game. Well, they've, which got is, the, they've got the problem with it would be up against the home run derby. Well, they could play it Monday, you know, afternoon, yeah, I guess. Right. They could like play it. Well, that's maybe when they could the play draft it on, is. I don't know. That's they could play the it on Wednesday is. when there's yeah. nothing they've going on. They've already added over the last 10 years. They've added the home run derby. That's the ESPYs club. And the yeah, draft. I, wait, wait, no, the Wednesday know. thing is the solution. Let's yeah. be honest about what that. What is? Playing, playing the, game the Futures on, game on Wednesday. There's nothing going on. There's I actually think the game would be better played on the All Star game now that they don't play on Thursdays. Right. That the All Star game should be, and then you the, could do something more significant. I, I think the the, play, the, the players game. would argue we got to get two days off. Yeah, like they're not they're not going to give up a day off okay. in the process. Okay. So I, I I think you're right, but I don't yeah. think you'll ever get that buy in yeah. from the players. Yeah. I think they'll eternally yeah. say it. I I'm not telling you that I would be super inclined to watch a rookies versus sophomore right. game, but I kind of understand that even having those guys in Seattle when you're doing wall-to-wall coverage when MLB Network is out there when ESPN's out there to do all of their shows and to say oh LA De La Cruz let's come yeah. I don't know how how his English is so I don't know if they'd be yeah. but they'd have a translator if they needed to you know what I do I would go do a focus group on kids and ask them what the All Star Game means to change them. Change the name of the team of the Whip Snakes is what they're going to say. They're going to say change the, the Whip name. Snakes. That's a <laughs> good. That's a good idea. Um, no, because that's what I when I think of the All Star Game, I think back to when I was a kid, and it was so exciting to see the players that I didn't normally see, which were Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron. You know, 
watch Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale. I didn't see you didn't see them three or four times a week on a game on Apple and a game on Peacock. So it means a lot less I agree. to kids yes. today. Right. But I'd like to hear what what would excite them. And maybe some of these I ideas think the young, would excite The them. young people do dig the home run derby. I have admitted over the yeah. years that I'm out. Like it, If it's on and I got – this Monday night, I would be more inclined to sit down and, and catch up on a show that I haven't been, right. been to watch. Now, the fact that Adley's participating, I don't know, maybe. Right. Maybe I'll look at it at that point or let Twitter tell me when Adley's up and then I'll flip over and watch Adley, I'll something you know, like that. Yeah, thank worry. you. I appreciate that. Um, Are you worried about what this is going to do to Adley? <laughs> not his second half. I mean, was it was it? I'm, I'm not. Was no, it Chris I'm Davis not. who had who kind of fell off after? There have been a few guys derby, that have kind of fallen off yeah. after. Man, he been never came home. back. Yeah, correct. That was the end <laughs> yes, of it. Blame yes. the home run derby. That's what happened. <laughs> that season. Um, <laughs> there's an interesting one here that I will say maybe could be the way that you handle. So Rob Manfred has the ability to do like the legends thing that he did. They could. Say, hey, we're going to make Miguel Cabrera, we're going to make Albert Pujols all-stars, even though they're not really worthy of being all-stars because we want those guys at the all-star game. Right. Could you do the same thing with the young players? Could you do the same thing where Rob Manfred says, and we're going to take two guys. Ellie Deli. That's a, that's a reasonable thing that the commissioner's picks. They, they, one and, in and each they're, they're the commissioner's pick, but it's a baseball. Like the baseball gets together and says. Right. Hey, look! It would be really smart for us to try. That would to m- be far more interesting than than seeing Miguel Cabrera just wave his cap at the game or something. I like don't that necessarily thing. disagree. I mean, like you yeah. always, there's always the possibility that you know at the end of their career, Cal Ripken in his final All Star game gets grooved the ball by Chan Ho Park and he parks it but, for a home but run. But Cal Ripken neat- kept himself in shape. That's fair too. You know, okay, I, mean, I hear Miguel you. Cabrera, <laughs> I hear you. He's he's gotten highly overpaid I'm not for the gonna, last three or four years that. you know i'm not gonna argue with any of that but i do think maybe the a, worst kind con- that's worse than the chris davis contract oh boy stan i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's not good i don't disagree with that yeah. um but i think that would be a way to sort of say hey look when we did voting these guys they weren't there but now that we're here like on this sunday on their peacock broadcast or you're during the Futures game on right. Saturday or something like that, Rob Manfred comes on and says, these are guys that we think are future stars of this game, right. and we want them to be here for all-star festivities. And De La Cruz would be an obvious choice yep. in the National League. Yep. And, and Gunner would Gunner be, would be certainly yeah. in the conversation in yeah. the American League. Yeah. I mean, there would be, you know, I don't, there would be other candidates. Maybe Jordan Westberg would, you know, I mean, he's, go, he's moving he's, fast. He's had a great start. He's got three more games <laughs> in your idea. Or maybe Colton <laughs> Kowser. Uh, maybe Colton uh, Kowser. I think Gunner would be. I think Gunner would be very high yeah, on the list. I yeah. think there's no doubt about it that he would be right. someone very worthy of, because Josh Young made the all-star team. Right. So I, I'm trying to even think of any other rookies in the American League. Yoshida, did he make the All-Star game? No, I don't think he did. No. So yeah, Yoshida would be in the argument for that, too, right. obviously. Like, right. he would be in that conversation. Right. But I think that would be a good way. If you're saying, I have no interest in your rookies versus sophomores game, but it would be the concept of trying to market these exciting young players, mm-hmm. just put them in the All-Star mm-hmm. game. Hell, it's a fake game anyway. <laughs> just say, we think these are young players that are worthy of it, even if they didn't get enough service time or they weren't. We think they're worthy of that spot, and that'll go a long way. Right. You just say none of it. I don't care. I, I just, I mean, 
I'll watch the All-Star game because I'm a baseball fan. You know, I'll watch the home run derby parts of it, you know. Just I, you know, it's funny. I'm more, at, I'm even more, more out on the wa- game yeah. than I am the like. I'm out on the derby. I'm even more out on the game. What, I, what's really, what's really made the game sort of unwatchable, is is the dominance of the pitching. It's just, it's ridiculous. The the game is just a whiff. It's yeah, a whiff machine. Yeah, right. It really is not. You guys a, send a guy out for an inning. Yeah. He's going to strike out three guys. That's the way it's going to go. And and most of the guys are just up there trying to hit a home run anyway. Now you want my ideas or the way to spice sure, up the fix All-Star the All Star game? game, Stan. Nude female pitchers. Now that that would be a hell of an idea. Yeah, it would get a male audience. It well, and raise... the kids that you were talking about earlier, I think, would be. <laughs> They're not watching the game oh, anyway. Okay, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. Or how about the pitchers have to throw? With a with a uh, blindfold. Now, now, when you one lose batter your, an inning, when you lose your, when you lose Gunner, or we just put Gunner Henderson in the All Star game. Right. When you lose Gunner Henderson for the second half of the season because you had a blindfolded pitcher out there, I believe it was uh, was it Japan that would do the bunt, bunt derby. Thing. I have always been in favor of doing a bunt derby. The I bunt have derby. always yeah. wanted, and they actually brought it up. They they got a little silly in this column. And they brought up uh, bringing back a skills challenge of some sort that goes beyond. I, it's please, in, in please, other my head, in my, other sports my head though. Is what's exploding. funny is people will say that's the part that I like, right? In other sports, they'll say I watch the NBA Saturday night stuff. I don't care about the All Star game itself. But how about I watch if they? How about if they actually sat there at the athletic and thought of ways that they could improve the athletic? Stan's going in. Yeah, <laughs> Stan's going in. Stan is really bothered. What, what's by the this? first sentence of this? The All Star Game. What? The, the the headline was yeah, the MLB All Star Game could use more excitement. Here's how we'd add it. Okay, that was the headline. So they've decided that uh, for uh, the first paragraph so for, smart for a while. So the athletic. <laughs> Stan is on one today. Uh, for a while, the All Star Game mattered between 2003 and 2016. The league that won the All Star Game got home field. All right, that's it's boring. Yeah, that's that was boring. stupid. Too. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else do you? What like else do you want to? Let's get some I stuff off like our an chat. Old you, like the war I that you're like declaring. Bob, no, you're you're declaring. Oh, I won't I even sound like Bob from Baltimore. Uh, from Parkville. Yeah, I feel I feel bad now. I'm at the point where I can't even take his call. I can't even do it. I love Bob, but I just can't put myself through it. I can't. Um, I just it's gonna bring my show to a screeching halt every time. I can't do it to myself. Oh man, uh, Ralph Jaffe is teetering towards that list as well. Like I love oh, Ralph. I God bless him. I don't know Ralph. Oh, Ralph I haven't, was, I haven't had Ralph. Ralph is check every time there's an election in the state of Maryland. Go f- look at the final results. He's he's gotten like 500 votes for everything. Okay. Governor. He, he always runs. He's always a, a candidate, and he always calls in, and like it's. And I like Ralph. He's a good guy, but it just I let him call in the other day, and all of a sudden the conversation shifted to, you know, have, have the Orioles ever had a good player? Well, what? What? <laughs> How about if Ralph and Bob do a show they together? Choose, they choose the oh, teams. Oh, they pick the all-star teams. They That'll fix. Who else do you want to take shots at? I actually like this side of you. I, You're going war on the athletic. Is there anybody else that you've got loaded up that you want to go after? No, nah, not, not particularly. Oh, I was really hoping there would be. I, I like the fastest pitch. I feel like, you know, I mean, like some of the mini games. You no, know, you're going to have somebody get themselves hurt. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't like the fastest You can't pitch. do that. Like, it's not a carnival. Luke, throw. Luke Jackson told me that you can't have Felix Batista pitch more than 20 pitches because he threw 103 miles an hour on a pitch. So, I mean, my God. 
We're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing it. So essentially, well, yeah, I guess. So they yeah. say most accurate throw, so like they'll just play bocce ball on the field. Just... No, okay, now I'm listening on bocce. If we're going to do bocce, I'm listening. All right, uh, we're not we're not improving the All-Star game is most what we learned. It's, you're just going to have to suck it up and deal with it. That's right. Deal with it. It That's is right. what it is. Take your medicine. Until it next is. year's column at The Athletic. Stan is ready to yeah. go. How do you feel about Sports Illustrated? Have nothing against sports. Illustrated. I don't know. They've kind of sucked recently. Yeah. I might have. <laughs> okay, I might. Glenn, right, Glenn, I might be willing to, to, to load up the guns for Sports <laughs> Illustrated. They have sucked in recent years. I was, you know, it's interesting the athletics model. Oh, I, you know what? I uh, went after ESPN on on the radio show on Tuesday. Wow. Oh my God, what, ESPN! For all the cuts. They they fired a hundred people so that yeah. they could bring you coverage, like sending out a tweet that said. The Oklahoma City Thunder Summer League team is loaded. That's what they're doing now. That's what ESPN is. Somebody else, uh, uh, Ryan Frazier, sent me a, a push. ESPN sent out a push notification yesterday. You had to, they were, you I, needed to know. Spurs Victor Wembenyama says Britney Spears grabbed him from behind. His security team stepped in. Pop star refutes account. They, they sent that. As a breaking news push notification to your phone because you, sports fan, had to know that Britney Spears was was bumped into Victor Wembenyama in Las Vegas. That was imperative for you to that's know. That's what happened. That's, yes. That's what's behind that headline I saw on AOL about... She she says she touched. Oh my God! Now I'm breaking it down. She says she patted him on the back to say she hello. Patted Victor Wembenyama. Wembenyama. And his security apparently like tackled her to the ground or something like that. ESPN can't got rid of Gene Wojciechowski and Susie Colbert. Right. Now has like no NBA play, former NBA players to be involved in the coverage of their games, and yet they are sending push notifications about Britney Spears. People are get, yeah they're going after the, the Britney Spears fans are going after Wimby apparently saying that oh, he embarrassed her or something. For God's oh, sake! God. All right, we come back in. We'll preview All the MLB. Right. We'll try to do some coverage. We'll preview the MLB draft next. Dan Zelinsky joins us. Stan the fan is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one gambler All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke, and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. 
another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Pressbox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books, so get the pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. Uh, Matt Torper points out the conversation we were having a little bit earlier about the bullpen. Yeah. He's not wrong. It would be kind of nice to have Tanner Scott on the roster this season. It's not wrong. Not wrong. I mean, I this you know, we're going back and doing some revisionist stuff there, but you know, in hindsight. Yeah. Didn't really get anything for. I mean, not not that we know of yet. No. Didn't really I don't get anything remember for what we got for Scott. Uh, Tanner Scott. The Tanner Scott trade netted. Uh, Kevin Guerrero. Okay. Uh, Antonio Velez. Okay. I don't know who these guys are. Are they even in the Orioles system? And a player to be named later that proved to be Yaki Rivera. Okay. So I haven't really heard much about those three. Have gentlemen. not heard anything at all about those three gentlemen. How about if we added them to the All Star roster? Okay, and that would get now people to watch. Now you've now you're cooking. Now you're now you've Each added year that excitement. You spin the you spin the All Star meter and just yeah, add an, just a random, random person into three. the All Star. No three. <laughs> okay, three. three random people. Now <laughs> is it fully random? Like what? It could one year? No, be- they've. They've got to have been acquired by your team. Oh, okay. In the That's last three, then basically like, be I was totally suggest, meaningless to your. What if you put Griffin out for an inning? You yeah, said you yeah, wanted more I'm offense. Down, I'm yeah. down for that. Griffin's got a nothing more anything. offensive than Griffin. Um, who was it? The Yankees put into pitch late last night. Oh, it was Connor Falefa, wasn't it? Yeah. 
The Orioles couldn't get any runs off of him. Kind of embarrassing. Pathetic. Couldn't well, score off Kiner Falefa. Les is in Aberdeen right now. For all right, well, I hope he turns out to be really good. I just who is in Aberdeen? The, uh, one of the guys that plays. Antonio Velez. Yeah. What about get the bottom of Kevin Guerrero? No, that's fine. <laughs> MLB draft coming up on Sunday night. At least it gets underway on Sunday night. I think it continues yep. after that. Uh, joining us now to tell us a little bit more about what we should know is the Orioles don't have a top pick, so we probably have not spent nearly as much time thinking about the draft this year as we have for the last few. He is with Baseball Prospect Journal. He's Dan Zielinski, and he's with us here on GCR. Dan, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles here in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Looking forward to it. Um, Dan, just generically this draft, right? Before we get into the Orioles and 17, I think everybody that was watching the College World Series is very excited about Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. Unfortunately, you know, those guys won't be anywhere near. But how good of a draft is this in general? This draft class is one of the deepest draft classes in the last five years plus. It's been a while since we had this much talent, especially this much talent at the top of the draft class. I mean, just looking at Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz is one of the better players to come out of the draft in some time. He was a potential first-round pick in high school. Now he's a potential 1-1 pick here on Sunday. Paul Skeens, best pitching prospect in at least 10 years, and he's got ace potential too. So this draft class is really deep, has a lot of talent on the college side, and that's for various reasons. But college talent, especially in this year's draft class, is really deep. So it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out and uh, where these guys all go here come come Sunday. Dan, uh, it's good to talk to you again. Um, I'm wondering what you think of the basic theory that Mike Elias has on the draft, that we'll get the arms somewhere else. We're going to we're going to just continue to draft players that don't have the risks that pitchers do. Do you like that theory overall? It's hard to argue with it now, but your opinion. Sure. Yeah. I mean, for the Orioles, it's definitely worked and they're not the only team with that same philosophy. And for me, I think that's a strong philosophy. I like that philosophy overall. I think there's, especially once you're starting to pick in the back half of the first round, there might be a year where you take a, pitcher who slides especially if it's from the college side because they're a little bit more predictable than a high school arm but I really do like the cop or the philosophy of taking those bats especially the college route and high-end high school guys because ultimately if you have too many good hitters you can trade them for pitching down the line and uh, it's just easier to develop hitting typically especially because of the risks associated with pitching and the arm injuries and the list of kind of risks in that regard so I do like the strategy it's obviously worked for the Orioles and we'll see where they go here with the 17th overall pick in a couple of days the the question that is being asked by some at this point is given what's already here and given that the next number one overall pick we think is going to be here next year at this point in Jackson Holiday is it now finally the time for the Orioles to consider going the route of an arm to kind of meet all of that talent and the college arm concept gets brought up because you would need an accelerated timeline. Is there a college arm that could viably be there at 17 that you think that's good, a good that's question. a guy yeah. that could fit the Orioles' timeline and could be helping them in the next two to three years as they try to move on to win a World Series? 
Yeah, I think the clear guy for that is Hurston Waldrop, the right-handed pitcher out of Florida. He's a guy that will definitely kind of be in that team's range, could be still on the board when the Orioles pick, and definitely um, is a possible option there for the Orioles. They've been connected to him throughout this year's draft cycle, and there's a lot to like with Waldrop. Coming into the year, really big expectations, transferred into Florida from Southern Miss where he dominated hitters the last couple of years. And this season, things, for whatever reason, just did not work out for him at Florida in that pitching development program that historically has been really good over the last decade or so. But Waldrop was a little bit inconsistent. Some scouts think maybe pitch usage, pitch calling could be part of it. But talent-wise, he has ace potential. He's a guy that is 6'2", 215 pounds, a power right-handed pitcher, really good fastball slider, mixes in a 12-6 curveball and a splitter from an over-the-top arm slot. He's quick. He's athletic with his delivery. High 90s fastball, hard-breaking slider. There's really a lot to like with Waldrop. So if you get him in the right player development system, which I think the Orioles are, and just work with him and kind of refine some of those slightly rough edges, you really have the chance to have one of the best pitchers in this year's draft class. He's a guy that during the NCAA tournament in his first three starts, pitched 21 innings, had 37 strikeouts, and there was a lot of buzz around Waldrop's name going into the College World Series. Some people thought he might be pushing the top 10 and finding his way there. And then he, in the College World Series, in his last start, only pitched two and a third innings, allowed three runs, had six walks, and uh, that kind of took the air out of it a little bit. But he's someone that could be on the board for the Orioles, and I think if they want to go pitching, he'd be a great option for them. I'm just asking you this, no offense to your thing, I just happen to pick up the athletics story on this, Dan, and they have the Orioles at 17 taking the shortstop out of Strawberry Crest High School in Florida, Arjun Namala. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, Namala is a guy that's getting top 10 buzz. He's someone that's really known for his offensive tool set, 6'1", 170, 180 pounds, right-handed hitter who scouts really think has a lot of potential. He's kind of one of those patient, aggressive hitters where he's kind of aggressive but also does take his walks when the time comes. I think scouts would like to see him be a little bit more patient at times and not swing his miss as much, be a little bit more selective. But when he connects, he has a lot of raw power, above-average raw power, and can drive the ball to all fields. And defensively, there's a chance that he could stick at shortstop long-term. He's an above-average athlete, above-average speed, covers plenty of ground at shortstop, has quality arm strength. So I think with him, Namala, you're getting a guy that could be a well-rounded shortstop for years to come and definitely going to take some time to get to the major leagues, but the potential is there where he could be one of the better prep guys to come out of this year's draft class. Dan Zielinski, Baseball Prospect Journal, is with us here on GCR as we're getting ready for the MLB Told draft. Told you this guy knew Sunday his night. stuff, didn't I, Glenn? So, so let me go. Let me spin off of Stan asking about a shortstop because, I, like, it, it feels at the moment like how could the Orioles possibly add another infield bat, right? Like, they, God, that's all they have, right? They have too many right now. We're, we're almost forced to trade some of those away. But the guy that locally would be so intriguing to everyone is Matt Shaw from Maryland, who is right there in that conversation and my God, what a hitter he is. I, you know, if, if Matt Shaw is sitting there at 17 and you're the Baltimore Orioles, do, do you even care? And maybe you would, you, you know, you'd throw into that. Namala would be in the same conversation. 
Do you even care about what it is that you have, or do you just say, we will solve that problem when we have to? The guy is too good for us to pass up on. Exactly. I think you take the best player on your board at number 17, and if that's Matt Shaw, he's one of my favorite college players in this year's draft class. I think he's a guy that it's hard to say he's underrated because he's going to be a first-round pick, but I still think he's a little bit underrated. He was one of the better hitters in college baseball this year, right-handed hitter who uses simple mechanics and just a short swing to really drive the baseball, uses all fields and can hit for average and power, also shows great discipline too. He's 5'11", 185 pounds, played shortstop this year at Maryland, but definitely has some position versatility. He's played second base. He's played shortstop, third base, and left field as well. So I think that's also something to consider if you're looking at a guy, especially the college route, someone who you think can maybe make it to the major leagues in two, three years. He does have that versatility that could benefit a championship-level team down the line. He can also steal bases and is athletic. There's a little bit – teams are a little bit split on can he stick at shortstop long-term. I'm of the philosophy you send him out as a shortstop, and if it doesn't work out, then you try second or third base in the future. Tell me about right-handed pitcher, and I'm asking you this because in Law's write-up where he says we're going to draft Arjun Namala, he he kind of qualifies it by saying that Mike Elias, when he was drafting for Houston at 17, took Forrest Whitley, and he says there's a pitcher that kind of resembles that in Noble, Noble Meyer out of uh, Jesuit High School in Oregon, right-handed pitcher. Yeah, Noble Meyer is the best prep arm in this year's draft class. It's always a little risky taking a high school right-handed pitcher, one of the most riskiest demographics in the draft year after year. But Noble Meyer definitely has a skill set, definitely has a size. He's 6'5 and 185 pounds. Scouts envision him as potentially being a number one starter down the line. Big-time fastball. It's an above-average offering that touches the high 90s. And he also mixes in a really good slider. It's a power pitch that generates a lot of swings and misses and should profile well moving forward in pro ball. Definitely has to work on his third pitch. That's not uncommon for a high school guy. But the potential's there. The kind of ingredients for a future ace of a rotation are there. So it's just a matter of do you want to kind of go that riskier demographic and take a high school right-hander in the first round? All right, I, I want to run two guys by you because, one, I want to make sure that everybody knows, in your mock draft, you have the Orioles taking Braden Taylor from TCU. And i got to be honest with you, I didn't love the way that you started the write-up when you said Taylor was inconsistent at times this spring. All right, that's it. No, he's off. Give me the guy. Um, exactly what is Braden Taylor as a hitter? Why do you think he's the right fit for the Orioles at 17? So Braden Taylor, like I mentioned, and like you mentioned, a bit inconsistent during the regular season, but he really heated up during the postseason. I saw him out at the college. All right, we'll see if we can't figure out what's going on with Dan's phone. That's all right. These things happen. Technology betrays us. What position is he? He's a he's listed as a third baseman, third baseman. but I don't I don't know if that's you know right set that he's a third baseman as much as you know that's where he's been playing and so that's the reason why they're calling him the third baseman the other uh name that i want to i want to get to before we let uh, dan go is bryce eldridge who is the two-way player that's a, okay. a high school player from virginia let me go back to dan Zelinsky from baseball prospect journal yeah you were talking about um Braden taylor and how he started to heat up in the ncaa tournament 
Yeah, and I saw him out in the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska, and talking to his coaches, talking to some other coaches and just other people at the College World Series, they raved about Braden Taylor and what he can bring to an organization. Just quickly on him, left-handed hitter who hits for average and power, really smooth swing that's just built for hitting line drives to all fields. That's going to lead to plenty of power, too, down the line, and defensively can play a really quality third base too so I think there's a lot to like his slow start definitely hurt him but he's in the mix anywhere from back half of the top 10 to in the teens and throughout the first round so I think Brayden Taylor is a quality third base now the college ranks that could move through a farm system quickly uh, and then the guy that's I think really intriguing to a lot of people is there any world in which Bryce Eldridge can somehow become be a, show high yeah Johnny. a two-way player <laughs> it's I know. With Shohei Otani, everyone wants guys to be two-way guys. I just still think it's extremely difficult and takes a special talent like a Shohei Otani to be a two-way guy. So I think ultimately he ends up going one way or the other. I think he's probably better on the mound personally. I just think with his size at 6'7", 223, and then having a big-time fastball and slider combination, I think those are great ingredients for being a potential starting pitcher down the line. Again, he's right-handed, so there is risk involved with that. But I, I think then you do have that fallback option. If he doesn't work out on the mound, you do have a potential first baseman, left-handed hitter there. So a lot of teams are intrigued by Bryce Eldridge. I think, of course, a team's probably going to start him off as a two-way guy, but I think inevitably he's going to probably end up being just on the mound long-term. Dan, you in the times I've talked to you before, you you do quite a bit of follow up on players from previous drafts. So I want to ask you about two Oriole players. Uh, one is the pitcher that they drafted over slot, and I think they drafted him in twenty twenty. Was Cody Baumler? How is he coming? Carter Baumler, yeah. What's it? Carter Carter Baumler. Carter Baumler. Yeah. How's he coming along? Yeah, Carter was a guy that. A lot of people liked in his draft class. He definitely has good intangibles. Um, he's pitching well. He pitched well last year, hasn't pitched yet this season. But I think when you draft a high school pitcher, you have to kind of be patient with him. He's obviously got to get healthy, and time will tell if he can pan out. But, again, you got to get first has to get healthy and get back on the mound to see what you have in him. But otherwise, the intangibles have always been there for him. It's just a matter of health. The Orioles made that trade last year, the three-way trade when they traded Mancini to Houston, and they got back where Tampa was involved, and they got back Seth Johnson. Do you know much about him? Because he should be ready to go next spring for the Orioles. Yeah, I covered Seth Johnson a lot when he was coming out in the draft. He was a guy at Campbell who was – very underrated coming out of high school. He was more of a shortstop that Campbell turned into a pitcher mm-hmm. and was even coming into the draft, still pretty raw on the mound. He has a big time fastball. You still have to really kind of work on his secondary pitches, his sliders, probably his best secondary pitch right now, but there's still a lot to like with him. And like you said, I think he is someone that the Orioles can count on next year. Mm-hmm. He'll be 24, 25 at that point. But, um, still a lot to like a lot of potential and I think take it slow with him and make sure he's fully ready to go just because throughout his career he doesn't have a lot of innings under his belt 
He is Dan Zielinski. Dan, you want to tell everybody about Baseball Prospect Journal and what it is that you're doing there? Yeah, so BaseballProspectJournal.com. Been covering the draft for close to 10 years now. Interview and write in-depth profiles on these top guys. This year I've interviewed 85 of the top draft prospects in this year's class. So provide all those profiles as well as some analysis, insight pieces. We'll have a mock draft here before Sunday as well coming out. So everything draft-related you can find at BaseballProspectJournal.com. Dan, really appreciate taking the time for us. Great insight. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk soon, all right? Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Talk Thanks, soon. Dan. Dan Zielinski from Baseball Prospect Journal with us here on GCR. Stan, I'm in a weird place, right? We're like, unlike the last couple of years where we had been, you know, thinking about the draft and and been falling in love with these names for so much time and the Orioles were so bad that this is what we had to to give ourselves hope. Um I I don't I have no idea. Like I couldn't tell you for a second um who I now Waldrip we all saw in the College World Series and I like Waldrip. I I've talked to a cup I talked to Keith Law about him last week. The talent is real. The question is why didn't they get more out of him at Florida given the talent mm-hmm. and you know, do you are you of the opinion and I think a lot of Orioles fans are leaning towards the idea of there being a special sauce. And we've talked about that a few times. I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet because I, I who are the examples of the guys that they've turned like Bradish, I think, would qualify. Yeah. Kramer is, you know Kramer was acquired by Dan Duquette. That's true you know, too. In but, the Machado trade. But they so. got this this group of this system helped get Dean Kramer yeah, to no this question. point. No question. No question. And you could argue Tyler Wells is the same way. Like these were not, you know. These were thought of guys, but not but not not mainstream Correct. guys, right? Correct. Um, I, I just I'm telling you, I get the whole thing with with uh, Mike's opinion of high school arms and all that, but that Noble Meyer sounded very interesting to me, and and I you know they've got to go if they do a pitcher, mm-hmm. and I know you don't think they will. No, I, but, I, it's just I'm only repeating what Keith Law yeah. told me. That's all. I have no yeah. – I want to make sure think nobody it, thinks it's Glenn Clark saying. I think you have to pick one who's – and this is the perfect time at 17. Mm-hmm. If you can get somebody you think is a top five talent, mm-hmm. but you're getting them at 17 and you have so, – they need to. They need to every once in a while to not worry say, about saving money for the rest of the draft and go get and a, just go get a a guy who could in three years be a number one starter. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's three and a half. But trying to piece together your rotation, I get it, and I think Mike is pretty good at it. Like Seth Johnson, I think we'll be all going. Wait a minute, this guy's terrific mm-hmm. next year. But again. You probably won't have Kyle Gibson next year, you know. So, you every once in a while, I think he's got to throw a flyer out there to get a number one starter. I, look, I I'm in a tough spot with that because the argument is, well, you can't really debate the way they've done things by minimizing no, risk. I, they have they have put in talent my opinion, after talent. My but opinion yes. is that then you got the next 19 uh-huh. picks, go draft 16 hitters. And you end up having to pay a tax. And this is the part. Yeah. You're ultimately going to have to pay a tax for your lack. Of- you can't – this thing where everybody wants them to just be able to trade Connor Norby and Joey Ortiz to go out and get a top-of-the-rotation right. starter is not a thing. You're going to have to overpay for that pitching because you're not – 
bring you're going to have to overpay. What's happened just in the five, six years Mike's been here now mm-hmm. is, yeah, I can identify 10 different guys that make sense to trade for, mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito, but they all have the added price tag of are we going to be able to keep them? And that price of keeping those guys in five years has probably gone from oh, it has ten million a year to twenty three million dollars a well, year. Well, or add that if you want to try to trade for a Dylan Cease, you're going to have to empty out, right. and he's not even pitched all that well this right. season, right. and you're going to have to pay an extraordinary premium yeah. in order to try to go get a guy like that. So your point overall that at some point it feels like you need to prioritize pitching, I don't disagree with. It yeah. was. When I started the conversation with Keith Law, that was my premise. Again, right? I'm not suggesting that they do what the Angels did two years ago, where they only used to yeah, right? just draft. They're all pitchers. Yep. Mike, I'm fine. Draft 17 of the rest of your 19 picks after right. number one. <laughs> right. But maybe take a flyer this year because you have such a logjam forming uh, that. That to add another shortstop now, to me seems in in their world they might be saying well we're about to trade Mayo Ortiz yeah. and Norby to Chicago for Cease right. so we're not going to have the same log jam they won't still trade, have they won't trade Mayo I don't think they would but I don't think you're going to get Dylan Cease without giving up somebody Mayo, like that Mayo is the most exciting power hitting prospect the Orioles have ever developed um that's an interesting yeah I have to think about that for a little while. Most exciting power prospect the Orioles have ever developed. Yeah. Well, if you consider the fact that the greatest power, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to Cal Ripken. Right. Well, I don't like. How do you compare that with Eddie Murray? Like, I don't even know how we look at the conversation with Eddie Murray, right? Like, I don't know how to compare. I'm talking those. like a classic power hitter. Okay. This guy. Uh, this guy but is you gotta just, have. You're gonna have to give up something. Yeah. If you I'm wanna, not giving Mayo up. If you want to get a cease, you can't piecemeal your right. way to that you can't judd fabian and dylan beavers your way to getting dylan cease I, I there's you. gonna have to be a centerpiece in I a trade you. like that and if you don't want it to be westberg or you don't want it to be Kowser because yeah. those guys are here already right. I, you're, you're kind of running low on options at that point right mm-hmm. and that's why mayo has become the guy that a few people around baseball yeah. have pointed to and said this might be if you're if you are confident that kerstad is a true middle-of-the-order major league bat. I'd be more inclined to give up Kerstad than Mayo. I just think that you're not the, – the, the, the thing that you feel is the yeah. same thing that a lot of other people feel, which is there's still some amount of medical risk there that, you yeah. know, like – I think he's a, I think he's erased a good bit of that. I think a good bit of it yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I – oof. Oof, Mayo has uh, look. There's no question. Kirsten you went and saw Kirsten, him last weekend, right? Yeah, I saw him last Sunday and missed a home run because we left after oh, like really? six and a half <laughs> innings, and he hit a home run. But the first pitch he faced was he hit a line drive that we we just like looked up at the sound of it and we watched it, and it was just a rocket missile over the center fielder's head. And hit the bottom, but it got there so fast. Hmm. It's just he's he's a very different player, very um, different. Stan, one thing we didn't talk about from last night that I want to spend because we're gonna uh, Russell Dorsey is gonna join us in about fifteen minutes, so we'll spend a couple of minutes on this. Was the all of the brouhaha late in the game, starting with Peralta, and how it appeared as though the Yankees, I don't know, out of frustration, I don't know what it was, decided they were gonna start targeting. 
then warning is going to both teams for some reason, despite yeah. the fact that the Orioles I, have I done nothing. And Brandon Hyde saying, what in the bloody F? We haven't done a thing. Why are we being penalized for what they did well, and you, getting kicked you, out of the game? The necessity to give both teams a warning is, hey, we're ending this now. Mm-hmm. You don't get a free retribution shot. You the, know. the argument I think that Brandon Hyde was making that a couple people brought it up was that, hey, they've already thrown. There was already, they, they, and I don't remember what it was, there was already they, one ball that was in tight before. Right, and then he hits another why, guy. Why are you why warning just, just out? being ejected? Yeah. yeah. Less than, now, again, the argument is still we're being penalized for what they did. Yeah. We haven't done anything. And I get your point. I don't want any of this stuff. And I yeah. even, as my, and you know, I love Palmer. I think he's better than anybody. You could even sense a little bit of the old school coming out in Palmer last night. I'm, I'm over all of that. Mm. I am not in favor of a, well, next time they come to Baltimore, there's going to be retribution. Yeah. Nah, no, no, no. I don't, don't like it. Don't get bogged down no, in any like of that it. nonsense. That's how. Earl th- Weaver always felt that you end up losing a battle like that because one of your guys mm-hmm. gets hurt at the next retribution. Correct. You know, all of a sudden Eddie Murray's plunked in the head. Yep. And, you Just know. end it now. Yeah. Just be done with it. Move yeah. on from it. Yeah. But it's a twofold thing. It, have we gone too far in baseball where if, like, uh, the rule is you're not allowed to argue a warning. And so last uh, Dan Isonia would say, I didn't have a choice. Right. I've got no option. I have to kick. The right. rules say this. you're not allowed to do this anymore. It's like arguing balls and straight. You're not allowed to do but, these things but any longer. But he was asking a question and right. isn't arguing. What what follows the answer to the question, right. that could be termed if he c- continues. Right. The, but what's to say he doesn't? Because Brandon's a pretty rational guy. Sure. If he gets an answer, which would have probably been, I didn't throw him out on the first one because I wasn't suspicious. Now I am. Mm-hmm. I'm warning both teams because of the retribution factor. I think Brandon sort of goes back. He looks like he stood up for his player. You know, is is it an example? There has been a lot of talk about umpires and overreach this season, and that a, a group of guys that appear to be on like the um, endangered species list are now n- maybe going a step too far almost to make it be that they're still involved in the game when we all think they're going to be gone. Did you sense? I, I couldn't sense anything. It was it was idiotic to me, okay. that, you know, throwing Brandon out of the game. He, he, he came out. He was just asking a question. He you, you didn't – you could read the lips, and he wasn't like MF this or, you know, you're stupid M. You know, it was – he just came out and said, why didn't you throw him out the, before? He threw at my guy's head. Why didn't you throw him out at this one? The um, the thought that has been prevalent has been, if you guys think you're about to lose your jobs, maybe you take a step back. Maybe don't give any more ammunition to people that hate you already. And Well, I'm not aware of this, that they're all out there. Where There's is been this? a lot of talk about this season, umpires being like more involved, when, yeah. more... And some of it... The umpires have said is related to the way the rules have changed, right? right. That like this is what we're su- we're supposed to right. just say we're not doing this any longer. Right. The moment you're out here and you're you know getting back, we're just supposed to say it's over. You're out of the game. But you know the little like I think this all started at the beginning of the year with the absurd you know pitch clock on Bellinger when he was you know waving to the fans in L.A. and they were giving him a standing ovation. Right. Right. And he steps into the box. The umpire says, "Good to see you." Uh, uh, strike Ball one. one. Strike yeah, one. right. Like that. Th- th- there's 
what are we doing yeah, here? Yeah. You, we, you, people already hate you. Why are you giving them any more ammunition at this point to work around it? Why not uh, maybe try to remove yourself a little bit more from the game? I will tell you this, uh, and I mentioned it to Henneman the other day, and he sort of gruffly answered it, and it wasn't that big a deal to him. I used to know 80% of the names of the umpires mm-hmm. when they would come to town. Mm-hmm. If I know 20 20 to 25 percent of the names it's like every every crew has two to three guys i've never heard of i think it i think it's a lack of experience uh and just you know i don't know that they feel like they're endangered but i just think it's a lack of experience okay i, I can understand that that's certain yeah. and we saw a, a sort of a, the old guard kind of move out pretty quickly and because i don't i i don't think it's, it's kind of like fl- uh fl- traffic controllers and flying it's not easy you know to replace 40 yeah, right? or 50 umpires i get it you know i get it all right stan is here uh we're still going to chat with russell dorsey before we come back in i want to talk a little bit about the damian lillard situation because it seems like it's quite weird where like, they, they seem hell bent on not trading him to where Miami, he wants to go. and he seems hell bent on going to Miami. And yeah. so, what 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 are we doing there exactly? We'll talk a little. Maybe bit we more. could get Brittany Giroli and Eno Saris you, to write a piece you, about uh, that. <laughs> this is actually I, I'm I am greatly enjoying how worked up Stan was about this. This actually proved to be better content than just having a conversation about it. We'll uh, we'll talk about that, and then Russell Dorsey. That's next. Stands here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. 
Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles hanging out with us in studio. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers offers um stan actually you know what have you played immaculate grid have you gotten into it you gotta we need what we it need is stands. it's we an ageism thing i don't I'm, know what i like this would, i would think this would be up your alley okay. so i i think i might have done it last night i don't know if i i can do i think i did it at midnight is it like wordle or it's something a lot like wordle it's just for baseball Oh. So, for example today somebody hit me with something the other day that was that was like this, but it wasn't Immaculate Rib. It was... Immaculate Grid. Immaculate grid. Yeah, yes, immaculate somebody, grid. That, that was it. You know what? That's what is it. And they've done. Yeah. They've now created some for other sports. Like football has like Immaculate Gridiron, okay. I want to say. Um, so I'll oh, give they it. have it. They have the uh, football one is up. up I did. Running. I played it for the first time last night. And is night. it yeah. one a day? Okay. Yeah, is you it? get one a day. Okay. So I'll, I'll just... I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah, you go know, ahead. We'll go with it. Go ahead. Can you name someone that was a Detroit Tiger who also played for the Rockies? Who was a Tiger who also played for the Braves. Mine for that one, by the way, is probably the most random name I've come up with yet. And a Tiger that had, this was probably the easiest category. Let's start with that. Can you name a Detroit Tiger that ever had a 40 home run season? 40 home run season for a Tiger. By the way, this cost me my immaculate grid because I, I'll explain after. I don't want to. 40 home run. God, Willie Horton's not the answer. Uh, Miguel Cabrera? That Forty home. Did that work? Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I used. Okay. I yeah. used. I. And it, by the what, way, was it is it good. Correct? It is correct. Seventy-four percent of people have used Cabrera as okay. their answer. Um, I was trying to say Cecil Fielder, but I accidentally clicked Prince Fielder. <laughs> so you lost. And I lost on like my that's third. That's unfair. Yeah, it was not. I mean, like oh, I was very frustrated. All right. Uh, Cardinal, who's had a forty home run season. Cardinal is at uh, Orlando Cepeda. Okay, that was. I think that would be a more um, 
Oh, oh. Lorenzo Cepeda never had a 40 home run. So it's Albert Pujols. Pujols certainly did, yeah. yes. I would say that he and Maguire are probably the most common answers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used Maguire. So you have lost your immaculate. I've lost my, you cannot so go nine for nine today. A Yankee who's had a 40 home run season. Babe Ruth. I mean, that would be a good choice. I mean, there are a lot of choices that you could use. That one certainly qualifies. Only 9% of people have gone with Babe Ruth for the Yankees. Really? I mean, I think I said uh, Judge, just because right. it was most right. Judge is it, on freshest the, in yeah. the memories. Yeah. Like Curtis Granderson, of course. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I did not realize that Curtis Granderson had a 40 home run season for the Yankees. Now, the question is, can you name a player who has played for both of these teams? So, Detro- Detroit and Colorado or Detroit and Atlanta? Detroit and Colorado and Detroit and Atlanta. Shane Green. Shane Green played for for both the Braves and the Tigers. Shane Green. I this was my most random. Shane is I think is Green with an E. It is with an E. And yes, that does qualify. Okay. My that nine percent of people went with Shane Green. My most random of the day was Curtis Pride, was my Tiger and Brave, who if I remember correctly was deaf. Yeah. That was why I I, What you saying? Yeah, thank you. Uh, can you name a Detroit Tiger who was also a Rocky? Detroit Tiger was also a Rocky. Mm. 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 Boy, that is a good one. It is a good one. Uh, I, I very much struggled with it. I really oh struggled goodness. with it. Rocky uh, and a Rocky Tiger. A tiger. Ugh. I don't know many Rockies players mm-hmm. yeah, at all. That's the problem. I don't know many Rocky players. Um, I'm not. I'm not coming. All up right, with I'll it. just go ahead. CJ Crone qualifies. Uh, on that's this a list. good one. He was a Tiger. He was. Yeah, one yep. year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this one I thought was one of the easier ones. St. Louis and Colorado. Larry Walker. Larry Walker absolutely qualifies. Nolan Arenado, of course, yeah. qualifies. There yeah. are some, Matt Holiday. Yeah, there uh-huh. are some significant te- players that have played for both teams, so yeah. I thought that was one of the easier ones on the board. Uh, St. Louis and Air- and Atlanta, I used a local guy for that one. Well, Adam Wainwright. Did, did, oh, Wainwright, did Wainwright pitch? A- well, he was a brave prospect. But did he ever pitch for the Braves? Uh, you want to find out? I would think he did. All right. I would Let's think find he out. one or two games. For the Never pitch for the Braves. Okay. So the answer to that is Cardinal and the Brave? Yes. Cardinal and the Brave. Uh, how about Ozuna? Ozuna so, would absolutely yeah. qualify, 100%. I use Brian Jordan for that one, of course. Very Milford Mills own. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, now, unfortunately, we ran, a, ran out of guesses, but it would be New York and Colorado and New York and Atlanta. I still have a guess left, so I can. You can uh, still have one. Matt Holiday played for Absolutely uh, played for both Colorado and the Yankees. And the Yankees. I, said Tool, I said Troy Tulowitzki. Tulowitzki 100% would qualify there. And then can you come up with somebody who was a Yankee and a Brave? A Yankee and a Brave. Uh, Al Downing. I Can you guess that? Find out if we're right, or are you out of guesses, too? Uh, I know I'm right. Incorrect. Al Downing... Al Downing. Al Downing. A-L. Oh, I got it. I inverted it. He pitched for the Dodgers oh, and gave up Hank Aaron. I thought he played in that uh, game. That's a great point. <laughs> okay. uh, that one I used Andrew uh, jo- Andrew Jones was my answer for that one. Yeah. yeah. That one was my uh, That wouldn't be incredibly hard. I would be able to think on that for a bit. It, it is It is fun. It's, it is it's, fun. It's a lot of fun. I played the football one. The football one actually incorporated, like last night they had – Super Bowl MVP as one of the columns and then played at USC. And it was specifically Super Bowl MVP since 99 because I started to write in Marcus Allen and I'm like, wait a second. And it's 90. ImmaculateGrid.com? Uh, if you just, uh, hang on, ImmaculateGrid.com, yes. So if, 
if I went were, on my phone you could, you could, today, you could play. Right now, I could still yes, play. But you can only play but, once. But let me ask you a question. If uh-huh. I then went home and on my PC. Oh, yeah, you can use it. Yeah. Yep, yeah. 100%. So if I loved it that like, much. Uh-huh. You know, it's one of those things. It's amazing how fast, when something's hot, you always hear about it like two, three times in a week. Okay. Th- by the way, the football one, this is impossible. Yeah. Jersey, Jersey number 90, 90. I love it. No chance. I love that. Well, I yeah, couldn't T.J. Watt. anybody who's T.J. Watt. Oh, I, maybe I would have come up with DJ, right. T.J. Watt. Um, You're supposed to name a Buccaneer, a 49er, and a Steeler that wore the jersey well, number 90. What did DeForest Buckner wear with the Niners? Was he 99 or 90? I have uh, no idea. Uh, yeah. Let's find out. Stop. Stop. And if it's not a quarterback, maybe a wide receiver. There's no way I'm remembering. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think this will be nearly as I don't fun think it would, for people. I would say that's a bad... Get get rid of well, jersey like number ninety. There's on more it. football fans though, so I feel like that one might have. I think the concept will be popular. I think people will like doing it, but I but think I don't think gonna... they'll they'll stick with it because they won't know enough. That's, to stick. You got it again. If you're doing Baseball things, is sort of there's something to be said for that, and yeah. and the, they use milestones. You right. know, like they and if and if they did like NFL MVP, yeah, and then had the teams, I think you could do that. But jersey number ninety is too wonky. That's too wonky for an immaculate. Group. By the way, do we have a minute before uh, I, the think guest? I think he's is right now okay. actually we can wrap but when we finish that we can yeah come to that was about the dif- degree of difficulty coming out of the all-star break for these two ah, teams let's tease that let's yeah. tease that yeah. and we will after we talk to russell dorsey we will discuss that because you well, shared we that could with discuss me it with him i don't know i don't know if he's these no. are the teams we uh, let's let's okay. we'll break it down as soon okay. as it, it, we'll wrap with that all right Joining us now, of course, the Orioles tonight are on Apple once again as they take on the Minnesota Twins for the first of three games. Our next guest is part of the Apple Friday Night Baseball coverage. He's a uh, baseball writer turned TV personality with Apple and Stadium. He's Russell Dorsey, and he's with us now here on GCR. Russell, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. What's going on, guys? I uh, appreciate you having me on. Well, I, you know, we, it's good to talk with you. Obviously, it's been fun talking baseball all season long, particularly fun coming off a 14 win over the Yankees. Those are always very pleasant days here in our city. But um, just for, for you, as someone who knew coming into the season that clearly there was something brewing in Baltimore, ha- has this even surprised you that here we are three days before the All-Star break and the Orioles still have the third best record in baseball? surprised maybe a little in the the fact they have the third best record in baseball right are am i surprised that they're a really good baseball team no that doesn't surprise me at all and i I think when you look at what they built last year the surprise was last year right to be able i think you're, you're expecting you add the expectations this season after that right with a full year of adley you have gunner henderson having a full year anthony santander and cedric mullen doing what they have done over the last couple of years and if you get any type of starting pitching to go along with that offense, that young offense, now you're feeling really good at, uh, about yourself. And they've been able to sustain that and, and do that coming into 2023. So am I surprised that they have their best record in baseball? Yes. Am I surprised that they're one of the best teams in baseball? No. Hmm. Just the, the specific nature of it. I get that. Um, <laughs> Russell, I feel like the story for the next couple of weeks now, for a minute it was the fact that the Orioles were struggling a bit. Now that they've kind of corrected that ship, it's – there's a deadline coming up, and it feels like the Orioles should be at the front of the line for teams that are looking to acquire. Um, have you started to get a sense yet? Because one of the issues with trying to figure out the trade deadline has been who's really out of it, and the fact that like the you know AL Central where the Twins are is so bad 
has been tough because even bad teams are still kind of technically in it. Have you started to get a sense of what is going to be available at the deadline yet? I think when you you, you make a really good point there, with, when you add the, the third wild card spot in in both leagues, it, it, it gives a false sense of hope to teams that probably shouldn't have it. And I think one of the things that you have to do and executives have to do and, and, and managers, et cetera, over the last, next couple of weeks is you have to be really realistic about who you are as a ball club. And when you don't do that, you can get yourself in trouble, start trading assets to bring guys in, bring rentals in, and now you've blown up maybe a, a core or, or your farm system to try to go for it in a year where you're probably not going to be able to do that. So I look at a team like the Chicago White Sox in the AL Central. That's a team that I don't have any – I have no reason to believe that they're going to be a contender even with the third wild card spot, Kansas City, the same way Oakland, obviously. I think you look at uh, the, uh, the Washington Nationals, same type of thing. But then you have a, a, something like the NL Central where, you know, every team except maybe the Cardinals have a shot in that division. And you look at the NL West, every team except the Colorado Rockies probably have a shot in that division. So I think there are – five or six bottom-of-the-barrel teams that are for sure sellers with six or seven more who probably should be but need to figure that out over the next three weeks. The White Sox, you mentioned them. They've got three starting pitchers that I think the Orioles would have some interest in. Dylan Cease probably tops among them. Uh, Giolito, Lucas Giolito, and even Lance Lynn. Mm -hmm. Uh, who threw in, that's a wild card, having a horrible season, but had a 16-strikeout performance a couple weeks ago. Uh, Your thoughts on those three pitchers and how one of them might fit in Baltimore? No, I think uh, specifically Lynn and Giolito, obviously I'm based out of Chicago, and to be able to see what those guys are in comparison to where the White Sox are, I think I've said for a couple of weeks now, I think uh, Lucas Giolito would be a really good fit in Baltimore as well as Lance Lynn because you have two guys who have playoff experience. They have pedigree as, as number one, number twos in a rotation. And I don't think they're two guys that are going to cost very much, especially Giolito, who's, who would be a rental. And then Lance Lynn has a, a, a buyout at the end of the year. So those are two guys that right now I would look at and say, all right, you wouldn't have to give up one of your – top prospects to go out and acquire them. Uh, and so if you're going to make a serious run with that third best record in baseball, getting additional reinforcements in your starting rotation to help supplement the offense that you've been able to sustain in the first half, I think that's going to be really helpful for Baltimore success this season. He is Russell Dorsey, of course, Orioles twins tonight on Apple. He's part of Apple's coverage as well as the host of the rally and stadium. Um, Russell, let me let me expand upon that twofold. One, there is an argument to be made that a team like the Orioles shouldn't go after rentals at all because it's still hard to see the path to winning a World Series even with you know a, a Giolito there. What do you make of the idea that if they're going to acquire someone, it would need to be somebody that you have at least one more season of control for? Yeah, I, I think having the ability to go acquire somebody of club control with years of club control is really important for a team like the Baltimore Orioles. And and I think it goes beyond uh, the trade deadline, right. And and seeing what you do 
in, in free agency now because of constraints that Baltimore has as opposed to other teams, you do have to be a little bit more strategic. Uh, but I, I, it's really expensive when you start doing that. That's correct. You start right. to be one of the big boys of, uh, of baseball and you're starting to be a contender. There are other contenders that want those controllable young arms that Baltimore would be interested in. And maybe you might have to part ways with some of those top prospects that you've grown accustomed to loving and seeing their development and, and watching them grow before they get to the big leagues. You, you, when you get to a point when you're winning and you, you're in your window, you have to be able to say goodbye to those prospects to get to the ultimate goal. And I, do, I think that's almost as hard as it is uh, for teams to decide if they're even going to be in it because you're like, man, we were bad for so long. We drafted, we developed, we got these young kids who we think are really going to help. They're going to be really good players in the future. But if there's somebody that you can inquire right now, you have to be able to, to, to take your emotion out of that to make that deal. So I think you make a really good point about having controllable starting pitching, uh, controllable young players, not even just starting pitching, if you think they're going to help you in the near future and be able to part with some of those prospects that you've been able to draft and develop. I bring that up because, to the point, the other name that Stan brought up uh, is Dylan Cease, right? And I feel yeah. like it's a two-fold conversation. Yeah, would the White Sox give him up, and, and then, what would it take to right, get yeah, him? And what is he? You know, like, and we, what's his you know, situation? Yeah, he's, he's pitching to a, a 4-1 ERA this season. He's not been quite the same guy, but we know he's been really good. Like, what is Dylan Cease at this point? I, I still think Dylan Cease is one of the best starting pitchers in baseball when he's right. But like you guys mentioned, he's clearly, he clearly hasn't been right. And do I think the White Sox would part ways with Dylan Cease? Maybe for the right deal, but I think in a year like this where he has not pitched like himself, it, does it behoove them to sell low on his yeah, value? that's a good point. I don't think so. Like similar to what they have with Tim Anderson this year. Do I think they would trade Tim Anderson? Maybe under the right circumstances, but for a guy who has not looked like Tim Anderson, a guy who's won a batting title, do you trade him when his value is the lowest? Probably not. Like, I think you probably wait. You let him go past the deadline. You let him build up more value in the second half of the season. And if you wanted to make a move in the offseason, you could also do that. But do I think they would trade Cease? My gut tells me no. Yeah. They've got some control there, too, which with Lynn Three and Giolito, yeah. they don't have yeah. the control. I've got to ask you because you're in Chicago. I just traded. It was part of a trade yesterday. I acquired Tim Anderson on the hope, you know, he gets dealt. That, no, <laughs> oh. no, that he that he he's having without yeah. a doubt for a, an all star caliber performer. He's having an unworldly bad season. Do you have any idea? Is he in a marital, dis, you know, <laughs> a divorce going well, on? There's, there's been some something. Stuff. I mean, what is going on with Tim Anderson? No, I think it's just a, a guy who got off to a bad start and then compiled that with multiple different injuries. So he had the, the knee injury earlier in the year that has uh, still affected him a little bit. Then you have the shoulder that's affected him as of late, that, you know, that's something that probably is going to bother him all year long, but he's trying to battle through that. Uh, so I think that it's been a combination of things. And then you guys know, like you've been watching baseball for a long time. Confidence is everything, even yeah. for a guy who's won a batting title, even for a guy who is uh, looked at as one of the better shortstops in all of baseball. When you look at that board and you see 215, 220, no homers, you're, you're, that confidence wavers. And so sometimes you have to, 
you have to see one go over the wall. Like in basketball, you got to see one go in before you build that confidence back up. I think for Tim Anderson's sake, you want to have him go on a, a, a stretch of 15 to solid games. Can you get 15 solid games and then go from there? Because I think it's that's been a lot I'm, of – That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> you know, 15 solid games. Just give me 15 solid games. Russ, are there other names – Like we're prioritizing pitching. Stan brought up earlier in the show, like the Orioles have kind of had fell on a bullpen issue of late, and and I think it's kind of becoming clear that Yannir Cano is not the magician that we saw at the beginning of the season – are there other guys to you that, that make sense in the conversation of, you know, if the Orioles were to acquire X, they could be a real threat. not saying they're going to win the World Series, but they could be a genuine threat to do something in the playoffs. If you're looking at bullpen help, maybe a guy like Daniel Bard from the Colorado Rockies, and I know he signed an extension here recently, but you look at the Colorado Rockies, they're not a team that's going to be contending anytime soon. Right. Um, and that's a guy who, he's 38 years old, get it, but he's still able to throw very hard. He's shown the ability to be able to get outs when he's on the field and he's healthy. Um, I think the thing that kind of makes the reliever market a little bit murky is that the Rangers decided to jump the market mm-hmm. and grow out and get Araldis Chapman early, right? So now, you Teams who were maybe looking at Chapman are like, all right, how do we ha- how do we pivot here and try to decide what we're gonna do? I think that's the market, and it, it happens every year that maybe three four days before the deadline really starts to pick up. You start hearing some more names of guys who are actually available because I think that's what happens. Like there are guys who are probably gonna be available in two and a half weeks that probably quote unquote aren't available right now, and as teams as we talked about earlier lose games and you kind of decide which side of the aisle you're going to be on, you're like, okay, maybe we'll discuss player X. I think from a starting pitching standpoint, outside of those White Sox stars, I look at Eduardo Rodriguez in Detroit, right? A left-hander who, when he's been healthy this year, has been really, really good. Uh, He's a guy that could opt out of his deal at the end of this year. So there's a little bit of risk there. And he's with the way he's pitched, he probably will do that. But if you're going to go out and get a guy like a Giolito, uh, getting a guy like an Eduardo Rodriguez, who maybe won't opt out in the right situation, you never know, that could be a guy that could be you know, on the radar too. Let me ask you, getting back to relievers, the Chicago White Sox have somebody in Kenyon Middleton who used to pitch for the Angels and has had a ton of injuries over the last four or five years. He's been healthy this year. He's got a 227 ERA and an 080 whip. Uh, what do you think of him? I think, I think my, my – if you're the White Sox and you get anything out of a guy like a Kenya Middleton who you signed to a minor league deal and he's able to come to the big league level and help you get out, you move that guy. Yeah. Right? I look at a guy like a Kendall Graveman in their bullpen as well. Joe Kelly, a guy who has a lot of playoff experience. Those are going to be the types of guys where teams look at it and say, all right, Graveman pitched in Houston when Houston was making runs in the postseason. Uh, Joe Kelly was pitching with the Dodgers in L.A. He was pitching uh, you know, with the Boston Red Sox. So that's a guy who has playoff experience. Those are the types of guys that kind of help you get over the top because as much as the Orioles have been having success and it's really fun to watch, you do have to learn how to win. And you got to bring in guys who have been there and had that experience. 
and it's really helpful when those guys are in the bullpen as well because there are going to be some moments this season before you even get to the postseason that are so high leverage, and you want guys who have been in that moment before, have experienced that, and don't let that heart rate get, you know, get too high or too low. They're kind of, you know, even keeled. So those guys would be the guys I would go after because of that playoff experience too. Russell, before we let you go, and we'll look forward to tonight, Orioles, Twins on Apple, I just wonder if you've gotten a sense around baseball of, about the job that Brandon Hyde has done in Baltimore. Like, I, It's something that it's, it's hard to quantify, and I talk about it all the time. You're always going to disagree with certain decisions that a manager makes, but for a guy that a lot of people believed was here until the real guy came along, um, winning has come with him, and this culture and – you know, talking to guys that have been in other places about how much fun the Kyle Gibsons of the world are having here and, you know, Ryan O'Hearns, Aaron Hicks, guys like that. Have you gotten a sense around baseball of what people think of the job that Brandon Hyde has done here? You definitely do. You definitely do. And, and to your point about, you know, and we see it in baseball all the time when teams are going through the rebuild. You have the guy who stands in, kind of babysits, and then when you feel that you're in your competitive window – you go and find another manager. And I think for Brandon Hyde, he was able to show last year that, hey, I'm not just a babysitter. I'm not just the guy who's a stand-in. I am the guy that can lead this team. And uh, being in Chicago, knowing how people think of Brandon Hyde there and, you know, talking to David Ross about Brandon Hyde, like he thinks the world of him. I know that organization does too for what he was able to do uh, in Chicago with those guys uh, when they won the World Series in, in um, 2016. And he was also, they were in a similar situation where there were these young kids that were bad for so long. Then you put a core together. Then those guys surprised the world in 2015, then go win it all in 2016. So he's kind of seen this play before, uh, what they have going on in Baltimore. And so I think he's probably the perfect guy for them in terms of, all right, this is how we get from point A to point B. This is how we get from point B to point C. And to go along with having a young roster, you know, he kind of has this edge to them that uh, him that I think uh, is very conducive for that team. So I, I think people think very highly of Brandon Hyde around the game, and I think we're going to see that reflected in, in manager of the year voting at the end of the year. I, I think that uh, certainly looks like an area where he could end up making some noise. Uh, at Russ underscore Dorsey one on Twitter, if any of you are still on Twitter, is how you follow him <laughs> at this point. Um, hey guys, uh, at Russ underscore Dorsey on Threads. There you go. You We're gonna Threads thing. It is. Hey man, gotta stay versatile. No, it has struck me. We're gonna have to start asking that question because <laughs> it is real. Who you who you doing the call with tonight, Russell? So I'm uh, I'm doing pre and post. Okay. Uh, tonight it's me, Matt Joyce, and Lauren Gardner. Okay. In studio for tonight. Looking forward to that. Russell Dorsey, appreciate you. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us, man. We'd love to do this again down the road. Let me know, guys. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Russell. Thank you. Russell Dorsey. Uh, by the way, uh, the game broadcasters tonight are Wayne Randazzo and Dontrell Willis okay. on the call tonight. The, what you called the D-Train. The D-Train, absolutely. Yeah. We'll be doing the game tonight for Apple. Uh, so I'm just curious about this immaculate grid real oh, quick. Oh, you're in now. No, so I okay. went to it. I've got the exact same grid we have. Well, it's everybody. It's like Wordle. Everybody has the same, same okay. for the day. And then tomorrow, everybody gets a new one. Gotcha. What I would okay, tell you is beware. There are some jerks on Twitter that just post like their. Oh, they spoil like now, I some, did with Josh getting, getting off killed. Yeah. In the good <laughs> right. 
some people are doing the thing where like they put up like a sensitive content warning and they say, right. hey, here's my immaculate grid for today. So if you've already done it, you could look at theirs. But there are some jerks that are just posting theirs at like noon when you haven't had an opportunity to do yours yet for the day. So just beware of that a little bit on Twitter that, right. that you might see that. But yes, everybody gets the same grid once a day and then tomorrow i know how you're feeling which is you enjoyed it so much that you want another one to do yeah i understand that you're gonna have yeah. to wait till tomorrow in order okay. to get a new grid but that you was when i asked you if i if i did it on my phone could i come oh. back this is not nearly as entertaining because i'm still stumped on the same one. Oh, really you know, like colorado detroit guy who did we and, oh, oh, oh cj cron yeah, yeah, yeah so let yeah, me i just want to see yes. You you want to you want the I'm satisfaction gonna, of seeing feeling, it. Yeah. You want to see it filled out. I do the first time I did go immaculate, I was like I, I felt like I had climbed a mountain. I felt <laughs> like I was the man who discovered fire. I was so excited about my first ever immaculate grid. Uh it was very cool. I am Just all Just a hint, if if you type in CJ, you have to do C period J period. Oh. There you okay. go. That's C. some, John, some advice for yeah. Maybe we should have done like a a warning. <laughs> like maybe for people. Oh yeah. I just hey, realized we're doing we're, Yeah, we're also bad people for doing yeah. like we're making fun of the people on Twitter like we didn't just do it on the show. I think when people started hearing us doing it, they knew to, yeah. to duck out. Yeah. But normally I like to do spoiler alerts, so I I failed there. Or they're you know watching they're like this guy, this guy, right, say this right. guy. What are you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, Stan, you took a look. Uh, first of all, I am enraptured with the Murray the Murray Sitsipas match started yesterday. Oh, it wow. was the last match of the day on center court. And so there's a curfew? Is that what it is? Yeah, they have an 11 o'clock curfew uh, in I guess London. Makes sense. And well, apparently they have it. At, so last night they the were US talking Open about doesn't this. Like have it. So this is only the fourth set. Uh, okay, yeah, they had to restart it today. So I did not know that Springsteen was playing a show this week at Hyde Park in London. Really? And it's a 10.30 curfew for concerts. So 11 what o'clock. What time do you start? Event. Four? I mean, for a Springsteen yeah. show, he would have <laughs> had to. Like have, six, yeah. probably. So they started this yesterday. Murray drops the first set in the tie break, and you're like, oh, man. And then out of nowhere, wins the second set tie break, and then opens opens the third third set set with a break. Like, gets a break immediately to start the third set, and then rolls as the. Now, you would think with a player his age, this would would benefit benefit him. him. Although it means he would have to play, if he were to win, he had to play again tomorrow. And, like, that's. That's where it becomes problematic for him. As he's going to beat Sissipas. He's going to beat him. Uh, Sissipas, many times in his career, when he has been challenged mentally, has come up for all, all of right. the talent. And the talent is overwhelming. But when he gets into one of these mental challenges, he ends up coming up small. My biggest ever betting win, in like, I won the day of Paul Valley's wedding. <laughs> I actually felt bad because I was sitting there watching the match. <laughs> was the day that he played Alcaraz at the U.S. Open in 20... I guess this would have been 21, because nobody knew. At that point, no one had any idea. But I had been watching Alcaraz all summer, and I had said, dude, this guy is coming. And he's likable. Mm-hmm. And Sitsipas had been doing the bit with the bathroom breaks. Right. And the moment that Alcaraz found his way in the match, the crowd was going to turn on him. And I said, I am betting heavy. And Alcaraz was a heavy dog. And it's one of the biggest paydays I've ever had betting on a tennis match was Alcaraz. I remember my buddy Greg Rosenthal and I were just texting each other like, holy crap, this is really happening. Jeez. So what, was past- he 18 at the time? Or- yeah, he was like 18. Jeez. Nobody knew. Um, I'm, I understand what you're saying. That it now being challenged by the crowd, being completely behind Murray he, yeah. and falling behind a little bit. 
Who is he all, dating now? Uh, isn't that Palabados? I don't want to talk about it. She's oh, my favorite. Yeah. I love yeah. her so. But hasn't who's he like been bad? Sitsipas is. Uh, is dating who? Palabadosa, who's a Spanish tennis player, okay. who is gorgeous. I mean, and he just, and he's been playing really poor, right? Since he's that is a, that is a woman, right? <laughs> yes, Pala. Yes, Pala. It's, she's Spanish. <laughs> she's Spanish. Paul. Uh, Paul. Not, yeah, Paul. Paul Badosa. So here's the interesting thing. Now, uh, now I got to know. Maybe you two know it. So the rarity score I got. Ah, that's I. A, I was immaculate. Yes. Helped by the fact that we had done it, but I got a rarity score. I used. Bill Robinson as a Yankee. How many? Yankee Atlanta was like 0.5%. There you go. So my rarity score was 222. I think it's the smaller the number, the more rare. Okay. You're like, it's the, you want to look, there's low, like I've seen people post that. That's a high number. I mean, it's not. I use Babe Ruth. Right. Which was. But oddly, I think we said that only like nine, it says a percentage of people that used. Yeah, right. Okay. So there's that. Um, all right, you wanted to talk about the upcoming schedule. Yeah. Well, these two teams, uh, and they battled a couple close games last weekend. The Orioles were lucky to get one of them uh, on Sunday. Uh, Orioles have a far better record than the Minnesota Twins going into this. The Twins, by the way, have uh, are in first place in the AL Central. Yeah, they're one game over 500 they're or two, two, two games. Their same record. If they were in the AL East, they would be tied with the Red Sox Red for last Sox, place. Right, exactly. So the Orioles, after this three-game series in Minnesota, they come out of the All-Star break, have three at home against the Miami Marlins, who would probably be in third place by a half a game or one game behind us in the American League. Yes, that's right. Roughly. Yeah. We got the Miami Marlins. We got the Dodgers. Then we go to Tampa Mm -hmm. for four games. Then we go to Philadelphia for three. Then we come home for three against the New York Yankees. That is some. That is a brutal. That is three. Wait a minute. Three, six, ten, thirteen. Sixteen game gauntlet. Now compare the uh, compare the Minnesota Twins. Okay, after the All Star game. Okay, they start with that real tough series in Oakland. Oh. God, well, three game to... series in Oakland. Uh, you say that it was tough for the race. Yeah, then they then go to Seattle for a four game series against a team that doesn't hit very well. Although uh, the Orioles struggled with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they then are home against the White Sox for three. They're home against Seattle for three. They then go to Kansas City for three, and St. Louis for three. How about that 19 games compared to the 16 games the Orioles? I mean, part of that obviously is being in the I mean, central. The twins where, could yeah. the Twins could go. Oh yeah, they, could make, and they five. could make a serious dent yeah. and, and separate. Yeah. One of the things that I, people have been very frustrated with the uh, Fangraphs playoff odds for the Orioles because they, can, despite being the second, the, in second place, it seems to be that they've always had the fourth best playoff odds right. of all these teams. That has changed recently, and they finally surpassed the. Oddly, they only surpassed the Yankees for their playoff odds. The Blue Jays still have notably better playoff odds than the Orioles do, according to Fangraphs. And somebody with Fangraphs kind of pointed out, like a lot of that is not our. In- it's not the Pakota thing. It's not our internal, our preseason doubts about the Orioles. Right. It's about the strength of schedule yeah. that they still have to face. That yeah. that's why it's so skewed. What were the the Orioles this year? If I'm not mistaken, I'm never that intrigued 
with betting on things. I have to wait six it's months very to catch. It's yes. very difficult to, to sort of earmark yep. any meaningful money. Mm-hmm. The Orioles were like 76, 77 wins. Uh, that's yeah. I I wrote about for, it in our. Oh, they're uh, over under. Over yeah. under. Yeah, I think it was like was it? God, they're gonna obliterate 76? that. I absolutely made that one of my bets, and when we did our yeah, whichever print I issue we I did, did our, too. I was like, this is insane. Careful yeah. what you say, Stan. They better obliterate it. Yeah, I mean, right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, d- yeah. Don't speak things into existence. You, you, oh, you God, son of a bitch. No like, let's not do it. that. It's kind of like my mother-in-law and my wife when my mother-in-law was alive. Every time we drove to New York, Jane would get on the phone about an hour, hour and 20 oh, minutes. Oh, the traffic go, is... We're flying traffic. along. We're flying what along. What are you doing? What it's are like you I doing? said, what are you doing? Whoa, stop it. And like within, uh, within like literally one or two minutes, it was like <laughs> it was just horrendous. Congested. Always works. Always works that way. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Victor Wembanyama will make his uh, summer league debut tonight for the Spurs against the Hornets. Uh, tickets are going for average ticket prices $96, which is the highest ever so for any so summer sad. league game ever uh since I, at least since they've been began tracking good, that data good for the parties involved i've got nothing else to say um uh gunner henderson had a great game and actually obviously jackson holiday aj mentions this uh on facebook uh, that jackson holiday had another five hit night um and uh you know just I, he's great, very good yes. all around in birdland you know i mean after. he's very very good uh, so Gunner became the third Orioles. Okay, sorry. I, actually, he's the second Orioles rookie with four hits and five RBI. This the stat includes a St. Louis Brown, so not an Oriole. Wanking motion. Um, Gunner is the second Oriole rookie with four hits and five RBI in a game uh, since uh, RBI became an became an official stat. Do you uh, want to name the other? Do you think you can guess the other rookie Oriole? Four hits, five RBIs. Four hits, five RBI. They did it in two thousand. Orioles rookie in 2000. Yeah. I'm sorry. 2000 Orioles rookie. Orioles rookie. Five RBIs. That would predate Roberts. It would. 2000. I don't remember if he was a rookie at the time because I think. What about uh, the the sports writer's son, David Newhan? No. Ooh, that's no, good. That was not. That that's was not good. Newhan. He had, had he played in the majors before he played for the Orioles? I think he had. I think you're right about that. Um, two thousand. The two thousand Orioles still had a lot of the hangers on from the, the you know they still had the Harold Baines. They still had the. Who else was? What about uh, Rodrigo Lopez? It was not Rodrigo. Well, Lopez. it would have to be a hitter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I was never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jerry Hairston? Not Jerry Hairston. It was ready for it. It was Chris Richard. We could have been here for a okay. long time without yeah. me coming up with Chris Richard. Richard. had a four hits. I, I did also see another one floating around last night from Rock. Uh, Gunner's the fifth Orioles rookie to have a leadoff home run. The others are the fifth m- Orioles rookie to Matt win. Angle, who uh, we could yes. have been oh, here. Oh, God. Mrs. We could Angle's have been here son. for Is that 2011, I guess? For forever. The other three are, are at least remember two of them. This is rookies who yeah, rookies who have hit a leadoff home run. Two of them. Did Ryan Flaherty hit? Ryan home Flaherty, a one hundred percent, is on the job. list. I was going to say two of them are Rule Five picks, and Ryan Flaherty is one of them. Two of them are Rule Five uh-huh. picks. 
How about uh, Joey Rickard? Joey Rickard, of course, wow. and his beautiful eyes. The other one makes all... What is all... Joey Rickard doing today? That's a great question. Maybe he should be He should be a model is what he should be doing, his beautiful eyes of his. Uh, Joey Rickard... I hear he was dating that tennis player. He should be and Stephen is sits a pad, stolen away. They stole her away. Uh... I don't know. He doesn't. He's last a, playing in the Mexican league, and and he doesn't have a bio. He just retweets baseball things on his Twitter. He doesn't really like nice. give an update about himself. That's what I want to be doing. He just sort of like retweets random baseball <laughs> things. It's good for him. The other currently an Oriole. Um, currently an Oriole, and they hit lead, a leadoff lead home run, run as a rookie. Mullins. Yes, I did oh, Mullins. Okay. The yeah. the obvious answer. Lucky I didn't make you go for Matt Angle. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Angle. I would have gotten it eventually, I think. You said 24 yeah, or 20, 20, 20, 11, stop. whatever. Anything else? Uh, Yeah. Last night, uh, Francisco Lindor became the sixth player with five hits, two triples, and a home run in the same game. He joined these five others. Five hits, two triples. I, well, I wasn't really going to make you guess. I mean, there's oh, there's, okay. like, I was there's like one that you know you, I guess you should get, all-time player. Uh, Ricky Henderson. Not Ricky Henderson. Willie, Willie Mays. Okay, well, he's good, yeah. Dimitri Young was the last player to do oh, this. Oh, meat. Yeah, Dimitri Young. Five hits, two triples, and a home run. He joins Hoyt Evers. Sure, if you say so. Rogers Hornsby and Cy. Rogers Hornsby. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and he's Cy pretty, Seymour. He's said he's pretty good. Yeah, That's your good. hot take this morning. Cy Seymour. And I remember uh, it was... I don't That's know why we can't let was. anybody see your face. <laughs> Dimitri Young's brother who played for the Orioles. Yeah, Stelman. Stelman. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. Yes. Um, and I remember we talked about this. We were doing a. We wanted to do a random 2008 lineup uh, a couple weeks. Did ago. we? Yeah, because okay. I think I did one from the 90s, and so I, I picked one that was. Uh, so I decided to go with uh, the 51st win since the Orioles just picked up their 51st ah, win yesterday. The right. 51st win of the 2008 season. It came on July 28th against the Yankees, and so also happened to be a nine-run win over the Yankees. So uh, Jones and Marquecas. Jones and Marquecas were on the team. Yes. Why am I? Oh, here we go. I clicked the wrong tab. Yes, uh, Jones was batting second. Marquecas batting third. Um, Five RBI game for Adam Jones in a 13-4 win. 2008. Yes. Uh, Luke Scott. Luke Scott was in this on this game, in this lineup, playing left field. He was batting sixth. What are we doing? We're trying to figure out the lineup? Yes. yes. 2008 lineup. So we know that Marquecas, Jones, Jonesy. and Luke Scott. Yes. This is what we have so far oh, from God. 2008 Orioles. Devi Cruz. Devi Cruz was not in this lineup. Shortstop. Melvin Mora. Melvin Mora mm-hmm. was playing third base. Okay. Batting fifth. Okay. Catcher would have been. It's probably still would have been Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff was DHing. Yeah. Three RBIs in this one. Who's that? Batting. Batting fourth. Thank you. Who was that catcher they catcher. had? Oh, uh, uh, Ramon Hernandez. Correct. Ramon Hernandez was catcher. His purple. So we traded uh, Justin Turner. We got Justin wow. Turner f- and Ryan Friel. From Cincinnati for Ramon Hernandez. I mean, where was Hernandez in the order? You know, uh, Hernandez was uh, batting eighth, catching and batting eighth. So who would have been leading off? Who would have been leading off for that? Okay. Was it was it whoever the shortstop was? Uh, it was not the shortstop. Not the shortstop. Oh, Brian Roberts. Brian Roberts. Yeah. What are we doing? Playing Brian second Roberts. base and batting yeah. leadoff. We are seven hitter and our nine hitter. Ooh, yeah, the nine one is tough. I'm guessing that's the shortstop. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Freddie Boom Boom Bynum. It's not Freddie Bynum. Fahey. Fahey came into pinch hit and then Son played of short a bitch. later in the game. He did not start. God, I can't remember any of these names. <laughs> the shortstop of that team. What year did 
What year did Andy McPhail come? Uh, he not been, he, was he was there not in his lineup. He right, made, so he, he the, didn't he go out and acquire a shortstop that played really good, decent defense the first um, year he got here. I'll give you. A hint. He was a Dodger and a Red, and he in 2008 it was the very tail end of his career, and before he you know played for about six different teams the last like three seasons. Uh, uh, the name is not going to come to me, but I. Go ahead. Juan Castro. Mm. Juan Castro Juan was Cast- That was not the guy I was thinking about. And playing shortstop, and then at first base. First base. Conine? No, no that was in post Conine. Millar. It was Kevin Millar. Yeah. Orioles legend, Kevin Millar. And then on the mound. Uh, (laughs) Guthrie. It was, Jeremy Guthrie. (laughs) If it hadn't been Guthrie, I don't know that we would have come up with it. That's 15 years ago, Jeremy Guthrie was an Oriole. Mike Mussina was pitching for the Yankees. How about that? The Orioles shelled him. How about that? Never should have happened. All right. Very good. Very good. Oh, uh, I did like this one from Orioles statistics. Of course, the Orioles, we know, um, have, have gone now 67 series. Of two to five oh, games without being yeah. swept. Right. Second place is the Texas Rangers. The second longest streak of series without being swept. How long is their streak? 27. It was it's less than that, right? Less than that. It was like 20, wasn't it? 20. 20, 20 series. 20. So they've been swept 20. Yeah, earlier this year. Yeah, there you go. That's, a, that's an interesting. It's remarkable, right? I mean, I don't know exactly what it means, but it means something. We know that. Yeah. It Never means lost. something. It means yeah. your manager's doing a fairly good I job. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for a few more weeks, celebrating Tony Saragusa. Incredible cover story from Dave Ginsburg. She's getting great pickup. Uh, the picture of Tony really resonates with a lot of people. And I and it's a wonderful story. It's a really, yeah, David Ginsburg really did a really wonderful nice job story. Your idea to do it. So Well, I I was you know, I, I think we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. When you have an idea, it means all the more when you see it. Like yeah. I don't come to fruition, I guess, when it's done well, right? Like, because you can have an idea. Well, you know, when you when you hire David Ginsburg yes, to write for you're getting, you, you're, you're getting get a quality good... and and the, the, how much he cared about it, and you could see how much he put into it because of yeah. it. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. You can always read it at pressboxonline.com, but I would encourage you to go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town. I made sure that uh, Rob Burnett got a few copies of it, and you also yeah, made sure that... Yeah, we sent it to the Saragusas, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it's great. They were very... Uh, uh, Tony's daughter and I had a nice conversation. She was very, very appreciative yeah. of, of the story, and it's it's a wonderful story. Yeah, really and, and she was appreciative of the look and everything. Yeah. She, she yeah. really appreciated that. All right, uh, as we mentioned, Orioles Twins. Tonight, 8 o'clock, Apple TV Plus, Cole Irvin and Bailey Ober. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock on Masson, Tyler Wells and Sonny Gray. Sunday, 2 o'clock on Masson, Kyle Gibson and Joe Ryan. It's a topic uh, we can save for next week to talk about, about it in a larger sense. You saw the story about Corey Dillon. Uh, I did being, see the being story. Yes, really pissed off yes. at the Bengals equivalent to the Ring of Honor. Yes, and he says it's kind of BS the way they do it. They've given it over to fans mm-hmm. rather than letting the people inside the building make that decision. It's really interesting because I really feel pretty strongly that Tony and David Modell. There's no question to me yeah, we that they were it. two of the most impactful. pivotal, yep. impactful for this franchise. And I just wonder 
why they're missing that touch. It, it's a it's a lesser concept. When the Ravens did their like vote for their all Ravens team a couple right. years ago, right? For absolutely no reason at all, they allowed Derek Mason to be pissed off. They they had no need to do this fan vote thing, right? And have younger people that. Just that don't that remember Derek I, Mason God, as well. God bless Steve. I'm not even trying to take a shot at Steve Smith. Yeah. It's not that. Steve Smith came here and was a hell of a player for a few seasons. Right. But Steve Smith is not a more – like to compare Steve Smith and Derek Mason as Ravens right. is laughable. Anquan Bolton won a Super Bowl and was a really significant part of the Ravens winning a Super Bowl. Right. So Anquan Bolton absolutely deserved to be the second receiver on the list because he – was an impactful player for the Ravens right. winning a Super Bowl. But Steve Smith in no world should have been above should have been Derek, Derek Mason. Mason. And yeah. the Ravens, by attaching their name to it and making it their team, were essentially saying, well, we think that Steve Smith was more impactful than Derek Mason. And Derek Mason was genuinely bothered by it, mm. like genuinely pissed off and upset and right. hurt. And for no reason. And there, they, there's no need to do that. Right. The point that Corey Dillon's make, like, there's no need to put Corey Dillon through that. Yeah. Somebody in that building should be willing to step up and say, right. the hell are we doing? Yeah. I understand the point. That, I wrote I wrote about yeah. David Modell yeah. about I, four I, years I understand. ago. I understand. Three years it. ago. Um, other stuff this weekend, as we mentioned, Wimbledon today uh, on ESPN. Tomorrow it starts on ESPN, then moves to ABC. Francis Tiafa will be back in action tomorrow. Sunday, same thing, starts on ESPN, moves to Who's ABC. Uh, God, I've already forgotten who Tiafo has next. He's got a, a, a good like draw no, right now. He's got a good chance. Um, he, who, what American has the best chance with Korda gone? Oh, it's Tiafo by far. All right. Uh, All right. But he's got to play Dimitrov. That's who it is. He's got to play Dimitrov, who's really good on grass. But you know he'll be favored to win that match. It's a match he should win, but Dimitrov is really good on grass. That's who he gets tomorrow. Um, also, this weekend, Gold Cup. The quarterfinals, USA in action on Sunday against Canada at 7.30. MLB draft at 7 o'clock on Sunday night. MLB Network and ESPN for the draft. The Futures game tomorrow, 7 o'clock on Peacock. Uh, if you if you do want to be interested, they're using the automatic balls and strikes in the Futures game. Oh, great. Or they're not using uh, that I'm That I'm interested. So you can take a look at that. When is that Sunday? It's tomorrow night at 7. The Futures game there we go. Saturday night at 7. So we fix the All-Star game. Automated balls automated and, balls and strikes. Yes. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we can save the Athletic all that money, and they need to save some money, clearly. Um, <laughs> the, the It is good news tomorrow if you're an Orioles fan because the Orioles play it too. So for once, you're not having to choose between right. the two games. But for all the other teams in baseball, ha-ha, pick one. Futures game. It's so stupid how they do that. Uh, and then the UFC fight tomorrow night. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Great Volkanovski card. and Yair Rodriguez, ten o'clock on uh, pay per view through ESPN Plus. Bo Nickel, he should be. The I know that's. One. I know yeah, that's yeah. your big one. Now is that is that uh, Mrs. That was, Murray? No, no that's that not Pala. Pala? That's that wasn't not? Pala. Pala played today, so I don't know if she's. That's there's Pala in the British in the British hat. hat. Yeah, rooting for Andy oh, Murray. She got retired. Yeah, she. Yeah. I'd be surprised if she's watching. Uh, and then, as Griffin also mentioned tonight, Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs play their first summer league game. If you want to watch that, it's 9 o'clock on ESPN. I feel like there was something else. Oh, the final tune-up for the U.S. women before the World Cup on Sunday, 4 o'clock against Wales on TNT. Where is the women's World Cup? It is Cup? in Australia. Australia. Now, the first two games are at like 9 o'clock, so that's nice. The third game, I believe, is a 3 a.m. match, so that will be uh, quite frustrating. All right, non-sports-wise. Uh, let's see uh, the Ashley Madison Affair. Uh, this is a doc 
like docu series on Hulu. Uh, it's about the uh, Ma- Ashley Madison site where yes. like people would go to have, and affairs. then they got hacked, and yeah, then people and found, people out. found yes. out who was going on the site. So yeah. that is uh, that that is on Hulu. Uh, the Outlaws movie on Netflix. This is the Adam uh, Divine movie where he's uh, he, he, it's a pretty good cast. Michael Rooker, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Nina, Do- Nina Dobrev, okay. uh, but Dobrev doesn't do anything in it. It doesn't look like. Uh, but he his future in laws. He he's a bank teller, and the future in laws rob his bank. Because he like was like, giving all right. Them a no tour offense, of I need you to move on because we are captivated. They're in a fourth set tie break right now. Oh, yeah, they we are. just need to. Okay, all right. We well, need the to, outlaws. Well, I thought and you like I understand. Adam Divine, I do so. like Adam Devine, and I yes, uh, I yes. bumped into him and hung out in New Orleans <laughs> once. Uh, so he's got a new movie on Netflix. Check it out, The Outlaws. Uh, and then Prime Video. The show actually looks pretty good. The Horror of Dolores Roach. Uh, Dolores Roach uh, runs a massage parlor in her friend's basement after getting out of jail, and then she accidentally kills one of her uh, <sighs> patients, Damn and then. It. Seats piss got uh, the mini break. Don't like that. Um, so the horror of Dolores Roach. That's on Prime Video. Looks looks pretty good. Uh, Celebrity Family Feud season nine. It's back. Season nine premiere. Okay, uh, is this really what we're doing? Spending nine. time on when we could be Celebrity watching Family tennis? Feud? Come on. Can, can we can we please the hundred thousand dollar pyramid? Steve Sharip is gonna be on the hundred thousand dollar pyramid on Sunday night as well. So. Okay, so nothing then. Uh, gemstones Sunday Walking night. Dead, Dead City. Uh, there. Uh, no gemstones no on gem- Sunday. No, no new episode piss. of Gemstones. I'm not sure why, but piss. they're taking like a week that. off. I don't like that at all. All right, very good. Stan, tomorrow you'll be on with the boys on the bat around? That is correct. Back Monday, uh, I'm not sure the time. Part, might be 4 o'clock. Okay. We might be moving that that Monday Zoom with four. With Ross Grimsley and, and Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson. Very good. And, yes, uh, tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, for uh, Paul and Zach on the bat around with a guest appearance from Stan. At Stan the Fan on Twitter, as always. Thanks today to Russell Dorsey. Thanks to Dan Zielinski. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, I'll be on 105.7 The Fan on Sunday from 1 to 4. No Rita this week, just me. So please tune in anyway. We could desperately use anyone who would tune in with no Rita. And then we'll be back on Monday. Uh, thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, All-American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass, Maryland, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go Team USA. Duke sucks.